0: Hi everyone, this podcast is sponsored by Robots Room My Life. Be sure to use the link in the description below and use code ROBOCAST at checkout for 25% off your order.
1: Hey there everybody, it's Luke from Team Copperhead and you're listening to the Robocast.
0: everyone, my name is Samaelit64 and welcome back to the Robocast with myself, Steve the American Killjoy and World of Woodrow. And joining us today, as you would have heard from that extremely passionate intro, is uh, Luke Quintel from Copperhead. Luke, welcome. How are you? Thanks. Oh, I'm
1: doing great. Thanks for having me on. I love the podcast.
0: Well, thank you. It's very kind of you to say. Um, and we love your robot. And not, not just the... The big one that's been doing really well this year, but the the, the smaller ones in the, you know kitten mittens, all, all of the things, literally all of them. Like they're all so cool. Like what? Ah, th- <laughs> thank you. I, I, honestly, they, they inspire a lot of good chemicals. So yeah, thank you very much for providing some uniqueness to the scene. Um, I think we'll start first of all with your season to date, uh, which looks a little like this. Um. Talk us through the preseason fights. Obviously, the first two were extremely short. The fourth one was a little bit short as well. But um yeah, why don't you wanted to talk us through a little bit about your your season to date?
1: Yeah, I mean I think between those four fights, um, you know, it might have been like sixty seconds with all of them combined. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, not a lot. We had viewing parties for each of these fights and people are just like, What, that, that's it? Like we watched uh, the two hours. We watched the we two hour <laughs> show for ten minutes, ten seconds of content. It sounds um, like
2: Sounds like you're watching like UFC, like the mi- main title fight is like 30 seconds, and all the stuff leading up to you, like, arts right, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming!" It's like, well, yeah. I mean, to be fun. fair,
1: uh, you know, it's uh, that's on our opponents. If they can't last more than <laughs> 10 seconds, then so be it. But uh, whoa, but no, no, no. A lot of these robots, they're all all these robots come from incredible teams. It's just, uh, I think. But they're all brand new robots. So that's the thing is, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter how, how good of an engineer you are, how good of a builder you are. If you have a new robot, you're going to have problems no matter what. <laughs> um, there's just no way around that. Uh, so I feel like, you know, as far as the draw went, uh, we got pretty lucky. I mean, Copperhead, we've been competing with this robot for this is the fourth season. So hmm. anything that's broken on that robot, we've seen it before. We know what to expect. But all these other teams here, um, it's all new to them. So they don't know what they're getting into. Our first fight there was, uh, was against Bloodsport. So now, uh, you know, they got the weapon motors and everything on top of the blade. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all, everything's brand new. Uh, that fight, I know they, they fixed a lot of the problems. So like if we had to fight them again, I, you know, it probably wouldn't have been as easy. Um, they, I think the top half of their robot was like 3D printed out of mm-hmm. nylon. And that just exploded on impact. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we had the fight with them, they went back and they remachined the whole thing out of aluminum in like 24 yeah. hours in preparation for their next fight. So they 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 learned the hard way uh, what yeah. what worked and what didn't work. And uh, yeah, if we if we had to fight them again, uh, I don't know it it might have gone a little bit differently. Um, so so uh, yeah, I mean in that fight, uh, I don't know how, how much detail you want to get into these, these fights, but. I mean- um,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. what, what would you say other than well, what, which one was the scariest on paper for you guys? Do you think you know, looking at the four of them, there are there's a lot of kinetic energy going on here. Was was the kind of one you highlighted at the start of the season, thinking, ooh, don't well, fancy
1: that." Well, I said that the Bloodsport fight kind of set the tone, and that was that this season was going to be real rough. In mm-hmm. uh, the Bloodsport fight, you know, we in the very first, and it was just one hit. As one hit was the entire fight. And uh, we clipped the bottom of their blade, but as the blade was coming around, it came and it hit one of our uprights on the frame rail. And that Hmm. just completely destroyed one of our frame rails, (laughs) which is a pretty big deal. Because up until now, the only time that that's happened was against Kronos, uh, maybe like three seasons ago and we can't we don't just build new frame rails all the major components of copperhead at least the structural parts were built four years ago and we haven't made any more of them so to have one of our frame rails get annihilated in the very first fight, we are now down to one robot so on oh their very God. first fight, we went from two fully working robots to one which is not a good way to start the season so after our very first fight we're like already running out of spare parts which was oh. just not a good sign and it kind of set the tone for the season My where God. it's like yeah we're doing great but you know this At what cost Com- sort of thing yeah Copperhead <laughs> is getting very tired uh you know after you know after three years it's it's getting tired but you know we're gonna try to try our best to get this thing working um uh, to the best of our ability so um so that was tough uh and then of course like the next fight there where we took major damage was against Ripperoni. Um, you know, I thought we could get around to the side of them. I really underestimated how well that anti-gyro worked. Um the amount of maneuverability that a robot has with that much kinetic energy is just really uh <laughs> really unnerving. <laughs> I, I did not expect them to be that maneuverable. I thought, you know the rest of their frame is, is, is fairly chintzy. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not super durable. If you look at it, I think the entire frame is like eighth inch thick, uh, steel welded together. It's compared to copperhead. It's relatively thin. So I thought if we could just get one hit on the side of them, you know, we could rip off a drive side or something like that, but that is not how it went. Uh, they, uh, were able to match our movements hit us in the back of the robot. And within the first collision, they had already disabled one, if not both drive sides. So what we learned from that fight is just never let anyone get to the back of Copperhead. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so the rest of the season was just like, no matter what you do, don't let them hit the back of the robot and uh, easy that was, in theory,
2: difficult in practice. Yes. Yeah.
1: So that's, that's kind of what we, we learned in the pre in the pre tournament fights was just play to Copperhead strengths. So the yep. front of the robot is near indestructible. The back of the robot, not so much.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean the other fight. We'll kind of move on to your other fight, which I haven't kind of included this one because it's strictly in the tournament. Was against Rotator, who we we've kind of highlighted over the. We'll get there is a question about it later, so we'll, we'll get to it. But Rotator is genuinely, you know, I I think one of the scariest machines in the in the field and. Mm-hmm. It it seemed like a struggle. Like he started off very really strongly, then one of the sides died. Um, what what happened? Do you know what happened in that?
1: Yeah. So this this there's there's a story to this. Um, and that is, uh, and it all came down to the Ripperoni fight. So it, when we lost to Ripperoni, they smashed in the back of the robot, and it happened to be the same drive side that got destroyed against Bloodsport. So unlike just swapping out a frame rail, we we couldn't swap out frame rails anymore because we lost one frame rail to blood Spore and then ripper Roni just dis- they didn't destroy but they did significant damage to that side of the robot so mm. we had to take the whole robot apart we had to replace a drive motor drive speed controller and i forgot that vesks are <laughs> awful and you have, <laughs> you have to calibrate In each general. motor to each vesk i just took yeah a random motor and a random VESC, And I just threw them in the robot. I loaded in the profile that we had used, but I forgot to do the motor calibration. Mm. And I don't know if that's ultimately what caused the problem, but we knew that there was a problem right before we loaded, when we loaded the robot in the test box, before every fight, you put your robot in the test box, you make sure it works. And what I noticed is I'm driving around and the robot seems to be working fine in the test box, but then I just bump into the wall. And the entire drive side just cuts out. I'm like, oh no! (laughs) So, like, (laughs) like yeah. If you if you just tap the wall and your drive side cuts out, like, what's going to happen when rotator hits it? Like, like, um. So, and then this, but what I noticed is speed controller would reset. It would take about two seconds to reset, and then it would start working again. Um, So we we do talk about this in our uh, we do recaps of our own fights Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. each each uh, each episode, and I do go into this a little bit more detail, but. Ultimately, what happened is after every collision would rotator, our right drive side would cut out. And eventually halfway through the fight, the speed controller just exploded. <laughs> and then and then we started to crab walk. So um, so we were having problems before the fight even started. But I would we spent probably like two days nonstop working on Copperhead after the Ripperoni fight. Fortunately, the day after Ripperoni was a fix-it day, so we had more time to prepare the robot, but we thought, you know we thought we had the robot ready to go until five seconds before loading in the big arena and I didn't want to delay production. Like we have never delayed production. And I hate when teams do that. Um, Mm. And I was also just really mentally exhausted. Like I'm not, I wasn't really prepared to just, you know, talk to production, tell them we have to delay and then spend the next like five hours replacing a new speed controller and a new motor or whatever it is that the problem was. So we're just like, whatever just throw it in the arena hope for the best and uh it didn't go great you know people are like oh copperheads drive died again usually (laughs) which you know is fair that is a fair statement but (laughs) usually when we lose the drive side it's because like a chain breaks we have like even in this picture you can see we got big old chains very Mm -hmm. exposed those are what usually get hit and that's usually why we lose the drive side but in this case the speed controller just gave up on life and uh that's <laughs> that was a different failure mode that we hadn't really encountered before but i mostly attribute it to just my lack of knowledge of vesks so uh we did fix that for the next fight um but i think that's that's ultimately what the issue was for copperhead
0: sounds yeah. like a rory mangles to the Vescu job
1: hey oh. shout out to rory uh <laughs> I think like the monsoon team needs to get like two extra hotel rooms or more build <laughs> stipend because Rory single handedly made this season ten times. He better. saved the event. It's I mean yeah. it's, there's
2: no there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Rory, so many teams run these vests and it's oh yeah we would like
1: uh, Rory actually made our weapon way better this season. Um, I tried. We got a new. We use the same seventy five three hundred vests that a lot of teams use. Mm-hmm. But we've been running these speed controllers before most teams had. And we were one of the early adopters of HFI. But the early versions of HFI in these vests did not work well. And we always had this issue where sometimes in the beginning of a copperhead match, our weapon would spin the wrong direction. <laughs> so which is just a complete waste of time. And it's a, like a waste of you know energy and spin up power and battery power and all this stuff. So eventually we talked to Rory. And Rory's just like, oh, put put the new beta six on it and recalibrate it. And after Rory worked his magic, the weapon has never worked better. So shout outs to Rory.
0: What a guy! What a guy! Rory to the Vesky once again, as always.
1: Yeah, I've, yeah. Battlebots needs to just hire Rory on. Like, Rory, <laughs> Rory Vesk Whisperer should be a paid position at Battlebots <laughs> because it makes the show way better. Like,
0: I was to say, you know, at the end of the day. The, the show is only as good as the competitors, right? And if it, the right. competitors are better, then it'd a be wonderful,
3: product. wonderful, wonderful. If on the dark day, um, before, before filming even begins, everyone has to be in their pit areas, and they Rory just stand Rory. The <laughs> they just stand Rory in the arena, have all the cameras and microphones on him, and he does like a TED talk to the rest of the pits with all the screens and everything <laughs> yeah, about I how mean, they're going to. I know he'd hate that. Though. He would hate. Uh, that. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
2: They need we to award the... him, like, a golden vesk at the end of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just something you put on his
1: shelf. I mean, considering how important it is to tune these speak like, we have the Lincoln Electric guys. Like, they're awesome. They, they mm-hmm. fix the mechanical bits that are weldable. But then on, on the other side of it, like, you need to have someone like Rory. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some teams, you know, Rotator in particular, this was their first season running uh, brushless weapons. Yeah. And Victor, this is, like, Victor's first go-around with vesks. And he was having some serious spin-up problems himself. Mm-hmm. Rotator actually this entire season was intended to run two weapon motors, two speed controllers, but Victor could only get it working with one. So if you think that Rotator looks a little bit underpowered, it's actually just because Victor couldn't work out the brushless gremlins. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know, like if you ever reached out to Rory, but I feel like had he done that <laughs> Rotator could have been twice as powerful. So it's just it's so essential to have good knowledge and programming these crazy speed controllers. Absolutely. So,
0: yeah. We have, once again, sourced the internet for some list of questions for yourself, Luke. Uh, We're going to start off with Tenny on Discord, who asks, is there actually any copper in Copperhead, and how many sacrificial snakes uh, remain and have died so far this season?
1: Okay, Uh, is there any copper in Copperhead? Well, uh, to be accurate, there is copper inside of the motors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe, isn't it? It's copper windings, I think, uh, are the uh, yeah. phase wires. Mm-hmm. But other, th- other than that, uh, <laughs> there is no <laughs> All copper.
2: All the wires?
1: Yeah, the wires, I, other than the wires, I think that's about it. So there's <laughs> nothing else in Copperhead. I think the first season we had Copperhead, we spray-painted the drum copper and we yeah. told people it was copper just to mess with them. We're like oh, <laughs> yeah. Copper, it's very dense. You know, Copperhead's <laughs> a very dense robot. To get the maximum density, we used the copper weapon uh, just to mess with people. But no, there's really no copper in Copperhead it's mostly just steel you need and to have like a, a, load a tip
3: of yeah like uk ahead. coins and i was gonna inside. say like <laughs> a to make, like a
2: coin slot to make like a copperhead penny bank and piggy bank and just put pennies in <laughs> even though that's mostly zinc but whatever
0: Yeah, <laughs> be <laughs> and then uh, what was the parcel. other question about
1: what was the other question about the
0: snakes uh how many remain and have died so far this season
1: oh man so like Early, early on in Copperhead's life, like I didn't have like a huge role on the team. Like I mostly spent time, you know, like battle hardening motors, making chains. You know, I was just kind of like support person. But Being when the we puppet decided... master
2: with the snakehead.
1: Yeah, we did. I did some puppet stuff. I, I do enjoy the puppets. You know, <laughs> I was, I was just a helping hand. But eventually, we decided that we. Well, I. This is kind of my, my decision was we wanted to have like a mini bot, but we didn't want to spend that much time, and we didn't think we could honestly pull off like a useful minibot. Um hmm. copperheads usually right at the weight limit, so the minibot would have to be super light. And a lot of our minibots uh were actually inspired by Kraken's Wally. I thought Wally was like the best minibot of all time. <laughs> it's just meant to like make the show more interesting. Um, it doesn't do anything, but it helps the theming of the robot and if it gets destroyed, it's something that looks spectacular on camera. Um, so that was kind of the for the minibots. It was really like we want something that just shatters into a million pieces when it gets destroyed just to add a little bit more to the TV show some of these robots are so durable that it doesn't really come across on TV how destructive these robots are so like uh, now like in destructathon like they destroy you know like a slot machine so mm-hmm. that actually kind of puts in perspective like how powerful these robots are and having yeah. our little baby snakes get destroyed was one of our design like aspirations was it um, was it last
0: year when, when witch doctor lands on one that was like yeah. the best slow-mo shot i've ever <laughs> seen was, in my life i don't
1: think like any a lot of people didn't see that but like at the time we had we were running two baby snakes per fight this season i think they outlawed that like there yeah. was some it wasn't it wasn't because of us but there was some team that ran multiple mini bots and it caused some issue Um, I think like Gigabyte ran like two D2 kits and that was, that became a problem or something. I don't know why it was, it was dumb, but we used to run two baby snakes per fight. And when we fought witch doctor, we uppercut witch doctor up in the air and they just landed directly on two baby snakes (laughs) and it just exploded into a million pieces. (laughs) And uh, it was, it was glorious. We lost that fight. But yeah. it was amazing. So I think each season we probably bring like ten, ten of those baby snakes, and I would spend like three hundred dollars a season just hot just gluing baby- <laughs> Yeah, just on the snake. So that was that was kind of my contribution. Was I I came up with the baby snakes, and uh, it's literally two RC cars glued together. Mm-hmm. One RC car is like the snake carcass, and the other RC car is this little two point four gigahertz four wheel drive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, that's, we go through like 10 of those a season and uh, they're more expensive than you think. They're like 40 bucks, $40 each, um, just two $20 RC cars to get hot glued together. Um, but, uh, we love
2: it. So you should. Very cool uh martin dithers on facebook uh as someone who is up way too late tonight i guess when he wrote this question mm-hmm. uh what was your experience with the late nights at the event and how did they affect your experience there for good or for bad i mean we did have the weekend in bernie's event but you seemed to get through that fight just fine <laughs> So, but anyway go ahead yeah i mean prior to ripper Rody, we didn't work
1: on the robot that long i mean historically there's usually very little work to do on copperhead it's kind of just like a brick of a robot but after the Ripperoni, well, I mean, that's not, that's not true. I mean, after the blood sport fight, we swapped out to a new frame rail, but we had a frame rail to just swap out. So that wasn't a huge deal. But then after Ripperoni, they also did damage to that frame rail, which means now we really got to get our hands dirty. Um, so we had to bend parts back. We had to re-weld things and it was a ton of work. It's not, it's not like it's not something that our team's used to doing. <laughs> um, so, and our team was, is pretty small. Um, mm-hmm. After, I think at the time of Riparoni, we only had like four people on the team. We had like myself, my girlfriend, we had Chad New, and we had Jonathan. And so that's, and my girlfriend, you know, she's, she's great, but she, she's not, she doesn't work on robots. Um, and uh, Chad, Chad's great, but Chad, Chad spent a lot of time. He had his, his son there. So mm-hmm. he spent a lot of time just looking over his son. Uh, so then we had like Jonathan. So we, our team was really,
2: really running lean. Uh, and Chris and Lindsay so, were only there for the first week, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, I think at this so. time, uh, I think like after the Ripperoni. I mean, they might have been there for Ripperoni. They were there for Ripperoni, but when it came okay. down, that was yeah. right about the time that they were leaving. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, they don't have a lot of experience working on heavyweights. Um, mm-hmm. They're great to have on the team. They're they were great, but you know, as far as like fixing and yeah. fixing the bot, yeah, hands on. They didn't play like a huge role in that, so it was tough. Like we took a lot of, a lot more damage this season than we ever had and uh that led to some really long nights um which which is kind of why i didn't see a lot of the fights like so we would just spend yeah. like countless hours fixing <laughs> the robot we'd make sure that we had everything loctited the night before and then as soon as we got the loctite in the robot it's
2: just like all right go back to the hotel yep. go to the pub or just go to bed <laughs> yeah. that Cause... was that was it yeah for, for new robot builders as of course, you think like, oh, Loctite, it's just good. Put it, put it in the arena. No, it needs to set because uh, otherwise it turns into a lubricant uh, yeah. in a way where it doesn't yes, really Sam.
0: work. <laughs> Look, listen. I, I, I was having drug problems and, and the, the teeth kept flying I didn't even out. Mean that? I didn't no, even no, mean that. no, it's it's fine. It, it was it was last year's uh, problem. This year, this year's not going to be a problem. No, nah. I've decided. There you go. Good. I'm glad. So, um, my question, one? isn't it? Yeah. Um,
3: so Daniel Smith. On Facebook asks, uh, we often see teams struggle when changing captains, such as Valkyrie and Gigabyte uh, this season. How have you made sure to stay consistent or at this point improve with Copperhead, having had several changes of captaincy over the years?
1: I mean, uh, I've been fighting, I mean, as far as like driving the robot, I've had a lot of experience driving smaller robots, and Copperhead actually drives a lot better than most of the robots I built. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, between like Ooh, gyro walkers, and looks yeah, gyro so walkers, easy to
3: do <laughs>
1: torque reaction robots. Like these robots are barely controllable to begin with. <laughs> yeah. So when, when you get good at driving a robot that is barely controllable then copperhead is is not that bad uh you know heavyweight robots do drive really slow so they're really Mm -hmm. sluggish so Mm -hmm. some of some of the some of the driving changes are you just have to anticipate them driving like a boat a lot of people describe these as like driving Mm -hmm. a boat uh because there's just so much mass and inertia so you have to kind of foresee how like how the robots drift around the arena but for the most part it's it's not that bad to drive Um, As far as, like, working on the robot, uh, I did very few changes. There were some changes I wanted to make to the robot. Um, The previous captain, Robert, made some great improvements to the drive. Um, Bigger motors, bigger speed controllers, uh, more robust drive. But there were a couple things that I didn't really like. Like, some of our drive pods were mounted uh, using uh, standoffs, but he went with these nylon standoffs because he thought, like, oh, it's some kind of, like, shock absorption. But Copperhead was never really made... Was never designed to be like a shock-mounted robot. Everything in Copperhead is very rigid, and I think some of that shock mounting actually uh, didn't didn't really help that much. So I I replaced like these nylon standoffs with machined aluminum standoffs. I welded some extra tabs on the top plate to brace the back of the robot in case it were to crumple in. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that would help against Ripperoni, but Ripperoni just smashed right through that. So <laughs> I tried to make the robot better, but it wasn't strong enough to hold up to Ripperoni. So I made a couple tweaks to the robot, um, but really not that much has changed. I mean, we've been evolving this robot, at least the internals, for for three, four years. Um, so a lot of what makes a robot good is just you know just the the attention to detail, and it's just you know taping your connectors, your wire routing, um, you know, padding things correctly and uh so we have a lot of experience doing that so um you know we've been running the same robot for four years we should know what what works and what doesn't work at this point
0: yeah (laughs) absolutely um two questions well two people asking the same question were ivan roy on facebook and jack simpson on youtube and they both ask what has been your favorite tunnel walkout this season
1: i think our 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 favorite tunnel walkout so the, the first four tunnel walkouts were kind of all chris and Lindsay. uh they they came up with those and uh they would all come up
3: well <laughs> the first four weekend at bernie's might have been uh somebody else's idea Who could have? had many many long chats in the pub uh... <laughs> <laughs> i might have i might have had one
1: too many to, to remember that so so if, if that if you had some a hand in that then uh thank you uh <laughs> <that's> not... <laughs> but uh but I see your,
3: the robocast copyright yeah. uh... <laughs>
1: I forget what happens in the pub sometimes, but uh, <laughs> but, but my favorite walkout was definitely the Ripperoni one. Uh, yes, you know it was they, they were throwing out these wacky ideas and, uh, you know, it's, that's their department. So I'm not going to tell them like what we should or shouldn't do. Uh, but they're like, yeah, like, let's get a pizza box and, you know, we'll push you out. And at the, on the count of three, just pop your head out of the pizza box <laughs> and just looking around. Hey everybody, I'm a pizza. <laughs> uh, so, so that was pretty wacky. And, uh, it was great. Uh, cause that ended up being the main event. I don't even know if they told us that was a main event fight. Um, but that ended up being a main event. And I think a lot of it might've been just cause of, the amazing walkouts. I mean, the the Ripper Ready team had a great walk up, walkout themselves. They got yeah. a great theme, but they weren't popping out of a pizza box. Exactly. So. No,
0: exactly. <laughs> weak weak theming I, I i quite enjoyed this week to be honest with you the um the, <laughs> the super long forks
1: <laughs> yeah that was um that was pretty good i mean Endgame is known for their their fork configuration and uh you know so we put some sunglasses on and i don't even i don't think they did they even show our walkout i don't know but i don't I think, think they, they got think they should, they should this it, week. Yeah, yeah yeah we But uh, yeah, we put the longest forks on we could possibly do. Uh, We ended up just, I think it was made out of duct tape and I think... I was going to say foam core duct
2: tape, it looked like, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then I found out, like, I think we gave those to Mary Catherine Carr, uh, super fan,
2: Uh, so I think she has those now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nice. Uh, Shadowscope FSM on Facebook. Uh, Did you and the Endgame teams have a moment of reflection that both of your perfect preseasons were blemished by pizza?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, there is, I think some people are like, well, if Copperhead beat Endgame and they both lost to a pizza, then that pizza should be like a top eight robot. And I'm there like, well, I, I can't, I can't lie with, <laughs> oh, it's uh, I can't argue with that logic. There you go. Um, but no, I mean, Ripperoni is an incredible robot, super devastating, uh, super powerful. But uh, to be fair, I think if Endgame were to fight Ripperoni again, they, I feel like Endgame would probably win. Yeah, um, I want to see it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean Ripperoni's great, but like Endgame, they lost to themselves. I mean they they yeah, drove their yes. forks right into the kill saw slots, <laughs> yeah. and then Endgame or then Ripperoni just teed them up and just blasted them into space. I <laughs> it was I was laughing. How could you so not? Hard. I was laughing so hard when I saw that happen, and I was just so excited for the Roni team. Because Endgame yeah. had it coming. Like, if you play the ground game the same way that they do, you deserve to get stuck in those kill slots. They
0: <laughs> yeah. can't keep getting away with this. And, <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
3: and, and sure enough, we, we, Wait, we why, said it why on the podcast.
0: Why did they box rush? I don't understand. I don't like, know. Yeah, we we it said it on sense. the
3: podcast previously, but um, right before this fight, we were actually up in the stands with Lindsay and Chris um, and said, look, one day... Long Forks will, will come up and scupper somebody, and then sure enough, it happened almost immediately after that. <laughs> and just before that, Lindsay had said to me, choose chaos. <laughs> and, and sure enough, there was the chaos. Yeah.
1: I was so sad last week's episode, uh, uh, Ribot versus Quantum. Man, I, yeah, I man. felt I felt so bad for Don't Quantum. Like, rip open old wounds, man. I'm still oh upset. <laughs> man, like they they did, they did it to themselves, and the Quantum I guys are just like, oh, just leave them there, just let them get counted we out. We said and,
2: last week they're too British, they're too yeah, they're, they're, they're too, nice. too nice. Yep. Oh, need Absolutely. that killer instinct. Absolutely. Anyway, like a snake. Yep.
0: Yeah.
3: Anyway. Um. Craig Danby, never heard of him. Um, <laughs> asked, is it true there's a place in a man's head that if you shoot it, it'll explode? I I read this question before this, before this interview started,
1: and I'm like, I don't know. Is this? I don't know what Craig is talking about. So uh, I Not assume really got his own I, thing going <laughs> on. I assume <laughs> yes. I assume yes. <laughs>
0: I had, as soon as I saw, it, I was like I've got to include that because either there's a story <laughs> behind it or like it's just gonna it's just gonna baffle you.
2: <laughs> yeah, if there is, I, I don't know it. So,
1: Everyone, do your uh, own research. Um,
4: you um, sorry,
2: don't,
3: sorry, Craig. Don't try this at home. Do yeah. do is not it, try this at home.
2: Is, 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 it, it's like we're watching scanners, right? I mean, right? You know, because the guy's head explodes in the book anybody ever seen that movie come on guys i'm <laughs> oh, sorry
0: i'm, I'm, I'm oh. bad i'm bad at films i'm really sorry it's the 80s man i love Um it. And- i'm sure you probably can, can guess what the last question is before we move on to the episode itself it's from your teammate chad uh and chad asks have the female fans been to stalk you yet or indeed the male fans
1: yeah, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> BattleBots uh, demographic is mostly men. Uh, so uh, if I had to say I had uh, any super fans, uh, they, they are men. Uh, no ladies have reached out to me, uh, to, thankfully. Uh, I know my, my girlfriend is worried about that, but I don't think she should be. <laughs> All right, well. <laughs>
0: All right. We will have more list questions uh, throughout the episode, as we tend to do. But in the meantime, should we talk about some fights? Oh, Let's yeah. Do it. Um oh, now, as always this is well first of all again this is round of 16 territory massive spoilers if you haven't already watched it go and watch it and then come back let's start off with cruelty. <laughs> ribot and black dragon um you wait 25 fights for black dragon <sighs> to get knocked out and it happens twice in three fights right yeah and oh, this little... was
3: the second to last fight of the round of 16 recording that we we saw um I think,
0: yeah, it was. It was. I'm a little surprised that Ribot going for the vert again, but I suppose at this point they've kind of got that setup dialed in the most. And they... I think the horizontal was done. Oh, really? Um,
3: from from what I've, what I can remember and what I heard, I think it was kind of they they could use it, but they preferred to use the vert at that point after they'd spent so long trying to get the vert working it is probably their more dominant setup and against a robot like black dragon that has an answer to that i mean they they took tombstone to the judges and and beat it i think Mm -hmm. um so yeah a, a horizontal against black dragon probably a bad call anyway
0: yeah um, Lugo, I, mean, I, I imagine you were elbow deep in Copperhead at this point, but um, any thoughts of the fight itself? It was <laughs>
1: yeah, I I didn't I, most of these fights I I didn't watch until I watched it on TV, so <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of insight. Uh, I I think Ribot's horizontal did get I think they smoked their motors like in the very first fight, like really early in the season for Ribot. I mean, Ribot used to be one of the two teams that ran ultra high voltage <laughs> uh, yes. weapon setup, so I think Ribot used to run like 250 volts on their weapon, so they spent Pretty tons rule-train. of time developing their own speed controllers and their own motors. But this season, they implemented a new rule where I think the maximum voltage you could have is like 16S, which is like Mm -hmm. 60 volts or something like that. Um, So I I imagine they had to scramble to redesign a lot of their uh, weapon motors and configurations. And uh, I think early in the season, that might have played a hand in what ultimately smoked their horizontal uh, motor configurations. So uh, I think that's why we saw a lot of their, the vert being uh,
2: their primary configuration this season. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's working quite fine. <laughs> <It's>
0: quite, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it thing... worked, didn't it, really? Let's I love it.
3: everybody online I've seen going, oh my God, I, I mean, Ribot didn't deserve to be here and now it's bodying all the robots. <laughs> it's not fair. It's the like, the rib, again, sorry, right? uh, do you remember the... Ribot last series? But, oh,
0: but sorry, just like, it's, it's the Ribot trap again because they won yep. again. It is. At every yeah, single fight. Every People fight. need to stop
3: sleeping on <laughs> Ribot. It's a good robot. It was top four last year. Was it?
0: you sure about that? Top eight.
3: I don't know
2: round of thirty two. Top it lost... four seed.
3: Yeah, it, it was... top four seed. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. and it that's lost in the I mean. round of thirty two.
0: Yeah, lost to Hydra. Yeah, a
3: yeah. yeah. It, top four seed is what I meant. It, it yeah. was one of the best robots in preseason twenty twenty one. It's one <laughs> of know. the
2: scariest machines still going. Uh, and a, an underdog robot, a robot with a chip on its shoulder, is a very scary prospect. Is it
3: an underdog though? It's not really. It's it's the number thirty just by with the, the seed number.
2: Just by the number.
3: Just running the bracket and having a wonderful time doing it
0: like yeah on the on the flip side i mean obviously a previous opponent of yours Luke in, in black dragon a a robot which this season has i think slowly wore it down and, and i think just run out of run out of steam at this point
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's a great robot, um, super durable, a very experienced team, but I think their team also changes hands quite a bit as well mm-hmm. as our season. So I don't know if maybe some of the reliability issues are just a, a matter of it changing hands, maybe not having some of the legacy team members on their team that know the ins and outs of the robot. Not not. I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, it is pretty surprising to see them get knocked out uh, twice. I know that the show really plays that up a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's like, oh, we've we've never been knocked out. It's like, well, how how many giant nuts have you won? It's like they have all these crazy statistics that I didn't even know they were keeping track of. But uh, <laughs> they really played that up a lot for Riptide. <laughs> yes,
3: yes, they did. Absolutely. I think they were str- so- from what I'd heard, they were struggling for parts post Riptide, yeah. and they they sort of run down what they well, had brought.
0: Let's look at who else they fought. They, you know, they they lost yeah. the side of drive against Monsoon. I think mm-hmm. uh, they, were, they were kind of lucky that Monsoon did the thing. Yeah. How much did they fight? They lost against... Quantum. Quantum, but it, it wasn't really a... I wouldn't call it a loss. I'd say it was kind of a, a stalemate, really, wasn't it? Yeah. They kind of... Unfortunately, uh, they beat Beta. And they yeah. beat... Um, oh, they lost to Riptide, didn't they? That was it. Yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, they took an absolute pasting from Ripperoni for basically the whole fight. Oh, Core yeah, fire. Fight. And somehow ended up falling face-first into victory. yeah so they then...
3: weren't already struggling... After Riptide, yeah, they then mm-hmm. were on fire against Ripperoni, and then Ribot's the next, yeah, I mean, you got to think, Blimey, just give us a break. <laughs> yeah, they
2: spent this whole fight losing every exchange. I don't think yeah. they won a single exchange in this fight, uh, which is, I mean, it's a testament to Ribot's front end, I guess, you know, that, mm. that fork setup worked really, really well. Uh, I, I think they drive it, you know, exceptionally. David's clearly a master behind the sticks, and I guess, uh, Julio didn't. Uh, Julia is the one that drives Black Dragon, correct? Uh, but uh, they, they, they they just <laughs> they just couldn't they just could not you know they couldn't keep up with the frog and the frog moves on and the dragon gets to go back and sleep in its cave until next year. Absolutely,
0: a good season for Black Dragon though. Again, another uh, yes, another round of sixteen It's nothing to.
3: It's a robot I mean. that has really grown on me since it first came in in sort of twenty nineteen. I thought it's kind of Route one. Egg beater revert type. Well, thing. it's the
2: perfect blend of all weapons, right? It's everything. It's drum. It is, it's it trisk, is the it's
3: perfect egg It's in the middle of the in the Venn diagram. It, yep. It's up <laughs> there in the middle because it's been everything and it does everything. But uh-huh. yeah, no, it, it's yeah. a its design. I think has been the the big key point for me this season, and sort of starting last season where it, it looks like a. I was saying this about the new Slamo that that yeah. Prager's built. It looks like a character. It looks like a, a cool design that could become a toy. Um, yeah. And the same can be said for this version of Black Dragon. It, Rib- it, it yeah. looks very cool. It exactly the same for Ribot. Yeah. In speaking to them previously, it was a case of because they kept changing their looks that they haven't had yeah. one delivery keeps
2: changing. <laughs> it's kind of hard to make a brand. But if they stick with this, I think this could be a, a frog, a set not a chameleon. Say. This would be a cool set. Yeah, interchangeable weaponry. Come on, Hexbug, we could do it. I think. <laughs> They' it before I it too expensive mm.
0: yeah we'll we'll see it by that one, um, robot moving on to the round of eight, yeah, um fight two,
2: speaking of drumming things up,
0: well, I mean, they've it... never fought before until now, I think it is kind of interesting that you know yeah. these two have been here for seven years and have done so many fights, each of them have kind of but i, I suppose.
3: It comes as a, a bit of a surprise that there's an actual fight in this sort of area of the tournament now <laughs> where there's robots that haven't actually fought each other because a lot of yeah. them just are rematches.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And this is another fight where we don't see the pseudo Gear Crow feet forks. Uh, yeah. So I think <laughs>
3: that's a shame.
0: I don't know. Maybe one day we'll see them. There is a
3: beautiful set of photos yes, of a wonderful gift of the moment Witch Doctor smacks Lockjaw into Spitfire and takes it out. Spitfire, Witch Doctor man. just great at sniping Spitfire with bits <laughs> of other robots <laughs> or just whole other robots. It's awesome to watch.
2: Well, Luke talked about it earlier where it's like, it's it's cool. And I think that's the reason why Spitfire is still around. It's a, it's a fun little robot to watch fly around mm. the arena. And it's like, what's it going to do? What what kind of trouble is it going to get in? Is it going to get sucked and paper shredded in the screws again? Uh, or is it going to get... <laughs> shot but with another piece of like like when sub-zero oh, sub, sub, sub zero, where it just a piece hits and whew, just twats it out of the air and it's just it's just so funny uh but it's just fun and I, it, it's nice to it's nice to have yes the fire doesn't do very much but it's you know it's just it's cool to, to it's theater right it. it's theater exactly
0: absolutely yeah. um yeah luke i don't know if you got anything else to add to this fight. it was very cut and dry i felt from witch doctor
1: yeah. I mean, we, we've actually fought both of these robots. Mm-hmm. Um, our last fight last season was against witch doctor. And then that same season we fought lockjaw. That was actually, uh, I drove in that fight and, uh, that was a really exciting fight for uh, a lot of different reasons. Um, but yeah, both incredible teams, uh, Donald Hudson, one of the, you know, amazing roboteer. Uh, I think he has uh, some of the best attachments you could ever put on a robot, uh, like the one in this picture that I don't think we've seen, <laughs> nope. but, uh, but uh yeah i mean they're they're both incredible teams uh, very destructive i think this this could have gone either way um but uh which doctor got it
3: which doctor really, did get it i really want to know what what robot donald has to be fighting to put these forks on like uh, <laughs> fusion what, maybe maybe this is it maybe this is the how to beat a rotator or a fusion this is donald's plan mhm yeah, wow.
0: so can, that can I... be a wedge or a plow, and can also fork underneath you mm. and deflect
3: weapons. Hopefully, it's an interesting Maybe. idea. See, yeah. Yeah. see, oh. I've
0: I've I've seen it. I've, I've over I've, it. Yeah, I'm like a clever. Family player. for
3: Team Lockjaw 2023. They, you heard it here
0: first. You heard it here first. Yeah. As for so a... come on, yeah, make as... come on see. No, you yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, as for Lockjaw's <laughs> season as a whole, you know, they've, yeah. they've they've really last season. I felt so bad for that team because obviously they went 0 and four.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's such a nice well, they return had, to form. Let's
0: face it; they had incredible opponents throughout. You know, oh, yeah. this is just and me saying this awful because awful luck actually, going
3: brushless as well.
0: Yeah, but it isn't just me to say this because obviously Luke's here and he fought them. But like you know, it was Hypershock, Copperhead, Blip, and uh, it was R- Ribot in the Bounty Tournament as well, wasn't it? So yeah. it, you know, four robots which could easily win the championship on their day, and. You know, this season, you know, it's kind of been like a return to form. You know, what you're more likely to expect from a lockjaw, and you know, the up against the top opponent, Witch Doctor, who you know, this face is also has been just, one uh, step shy for however many but yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You, know, you can't, you can't complain that losing to Witch Doctor, can you, Steve? You were not. going to say something.
2: Oh yeah, no, I'm just, you know, it's. I mean, Witch Doctor did not give Donald a chance to breathe in this fight, and that's—I I think that's the perfect fight for Mike to drive. You know, just keep him, keep them rolling, keep keep hitting him even when they're flipped upside down. The final hit maybe was a little too much, but it's the end of the tournament, so it's like whatever.
0: I don't <laughs> know. Hey, it, it's yeah. it, in the heat of the moment, like. You don't really know if they're still moving. You may as well hit them it was one exactly. more time. <laughs> it, I mean, I, I, it, it's coming down, right? It's still kind of—I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm misremembering the fight. I'm Extra
2: gratuitous violence it looks good for TV, but you know, hey, there.
0: It was one hit. Uh, it wasn't three or four. Uh,
2: I agree. I agree. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too hard, but still, you know, if the if the line is there, we gotta we gotta make sure that every team meets that line. Mm-hmm. Which, so. which doctor can do no wrong? If it was retired, <laughs> the internet would have gone. Wrong. <laughs>
0: You know it. Look, I'm football. trying
2: to dance around the topic. Don't do this. to
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to them later. Come on now. Oh, we'll we'll right. save it for later. But um, yeah, we have which doctor once again moving through to the round of eight. It's just it's 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 inevitable, isn't it? Right. Yeah. We just keep coming. I, yeah.
2: I I I think it's it's just a matter of time. I have them picked to win the start of the season, and it, they really are proving to be a force. Uh, and you know, it's they they had their one loss, but it's. It's similar to to huge and to Minotaur. Well, Minotaur did have that fight against Cobalt where they had to sweat a little bit, but like they're mm-hmm. they're just going doing their business, you know. And it's just things are just going, and they're they're just having a good old time at BattleBots, and everyone else is just there to be fodder. What <laughs> I, mean, I will uh, say
0: which, what I will which, say is that they posted a video this week about how they're running love on spares as well. The yeah. fusion mm-hmm. fight apparently took quite a lot out of Witch Doctor's.
3: Yeah, the, awesome. I, I recommend anybody to go and watch the Pit Pass series mm. they've been doing on YouTube. It's been really interesting to hear just everything behind the scenes for this team this season. And um, you know, after each fight, they go through the damage, and and there's some decent damage after most mm. of the fights, but definitely the weapon motor, the right? I think that was yeah. the main thing
2: that was the problem leading up into this fight. Like Witch Doctor looks pristine almost after that fusion fight, but they on that last hit, they they suspect that they lost the the weapon motor. And, the, the Witch well. Doctor
1: team actually came to our pits and asked us about the weapon motors. Um, yeah. As far as I know, Copperhead was the first team that was uh, using the new N-E-U uh, weapon motors. Okay. Um, great, Great motor for combat robots, pretty pricey, but a lot of teams have since adopted them. Uh, including Witch Doctor, Hypershock, a bunch of Rotator. We all use the same brand of weapon motors. So we're kind of, uh, we've, we've have a lot of experience using them. And we know most of the failure modes of the motors, but the Witch Doctor team came to us and they showed us their weapon motor. And like the magnet ring, like the flux ring, like had separated from the motor bell. And I'd never seen that before. I'm like, how the heck did you guys do that? Like, that is (laughs) that is insane. And I I told them, like, well, I, I don't we've never had that problem. But I don't think they were like we put a ton of epoxy in our motors. And I think maybe that's why we haven't encountered that particular failure mode. And I think after after they had showed us what their motors look like after the fusion fight, I'm like, yeah, like we would never seen that, but we put tons of epoxy in our motors. So maybe you should do the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think after that, that's that's something they started to do.
2: Yeah. Fill it. got a battle. Got battle I, harden it, man. Yeah, yeah I, every, I mean, every, brushless or brush motors, You got to You got to got to find a way that it can't come apart. Because
0: I, 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 I would well love to you think,
2: yeah, I would love this to be a sport where you can just take your motors apart and fix them, you know, and that's the other. But sometimes Sometimes it's just, you got to just make it as hard as possible. And then if it breaks, there's, there's more to come, you know, there's like put another one in there and then put that to the side yeah. and, and hopefully I think maybe the, I one think day that, I'll take it apart.
1: <laughs> I think the new motors are, are great combat motors in general, but like you said, like nothing is combat robot rated. You still have to take it apart and look at it and like, Oh, this doesn't look right. Put some epoxy yeah. in there. You got to yeah. do it
0: absolutely belt and brace. you braces enough every, time, every time. You're not going
2: to be able to take it apart anymore <laughs> it'll just be stuck together in just this <laughs> I mean, mess the, of goo and the witch, metal
1: <laughs> the witch doctor team like they used to run all the, the, long, the mag motors and yes. they would buy like 20 of those things like mm-hmm. for one season like they would smoke one or two mag motors like every single fight and those are like $500 motors yeah. so it's like i saw they're sponsored by mag motor or at least they were so i guess mm-hmm. it's not a big deal but i'm like man you guys are spending like <laughs> like two thousand dollars per fight just to crush <laughs> the motors like
2: yeah hey when you can when you can why not not yeah, I I mean, they're, they're a super professional
1: team i like yeah. they're they're one of the top like as far as what they go through to get ready and like wh- how they run their pit like they're one of the most professional teams and if it's if they have, if they're, if the solution is spend money, like they're gonna do it. Um, yeah. so they'll they'll do whatever it takes to win. And uh, so yeah. uh, I have full faith that which doctor can uh, can do what
2: they need to do to be as competitive as possible. The sport Absolutely. is becoming more and more like stock car racing or like F one. You know, like where you need a really good team and a really good pit and being able to adapt on the fly uh, and being able to fix anything that that you know that you did, maybe you didn't expect to break out on the track or in the box. It's there's interesting
0: parallels there. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Absolutely, there sure is. Fight number three. Yeah. What a Malice fight. versus what a Minotaur? This had
2: no
3: business being as good as it was. I'm sorry. No, this, this was this had awesome. Daniel worried in the yeah. opening, like it would, it did. Uh, I don't know whether he ever gets that worried. To be fair, yeah. but it, he he didn't seem to be fully on his game after being mm-hmm. turned over by Malice. I think there was a lot of like underestimating your opponent there mm-hmm. um and, and malice started I'm, the fight i'm in that camp fun. i underestimated well, malice going into this fight
0: i don't think it's, it's just bad. that so from my understanding is uh, well i don't know if anyone's in about the the weapon pulley on minotaur but basically malice shattered minotaur's weapon pulley and that's why it wasn't really spinning up properly towards the end of the fight i don't know how when this happened um, obviously during the fight, but I don't know when exactly it happened during the fight. And basically, according to the team, it's the first time it's happened in twenty years, which is incredible. The fact that Malice was the one that was able to do it, and yeah. the, the the way Malice was causing damage at the start, he's kind of thinking, "Oh, okay, this is how it's, this is how it's going to go down." But Big Red hits hard. It does. Yeah,
2: I'm so glad they use Big Red. Uh, I I feel like they've been using the drumstick and have they've had some success, some some really good success with it. But this was the fight to bring out the big meaty, the big meaty disc.
3: Well, I feel uh, like this is a just a, a good setup in general against yeah. a, a drum because it's it's got that big it's it's a thick sort of surface area that is it's not flat, but it's it gives that edge that robots with drums struggle against and, and yeah. you know. I mean, just it worked out reasonably well at the start of this fight. Yeah, until yeah. the
2: tooth gets ripped out
3: and the weapon yeah. stops, and then, and then Daniel gets does his, upside down. Daniel and...
2: does his Minotaur Minotaur uh, thing <laughs> and just goes to work. Absolutely,
0: Luke. Do you, do you watch Minotaur at all and kind of try and? Draw inspiration from it because you know, you two are the two big drum boys, aren't you? Let's face yeah, it, yeah.
1: I mean, everybody compares Copperhead to Minotaur, and uh, Minotaur is definitely more popular than Copperhead, uh, <laughs> so so, um, yeah, I mean, Minotaur is incredible. I mean, they've been competing for like 20 years, you know, with Daniel Freitas as the driver, so he has tons of experience. The team is super experienced. Uh, Minotaur is a tank and it rarely breaks, so to see them have their weapon pulley explode is pretty. Uh, Pretty unprecedented but malice i mean this fight really showcased like malice can do some serious damage i mean there's Mm -hmm. a lot of energy being stored in big red and i was blown away on those like first three impacts they won all three of those encounters and just blasted minotaur across the arena it was Mm -hmm. so incredible to watch but yeah i think ever since malice was first built they had issues with like the bearings inside of their weapon they had issues with like belts breaking and the bearings exploding in their weapon and I know as time has gone on, they've improved it. I know mm-hmm. even for uh, robo games, uh, Bunny has been working on improving the reliability of the weapon tremendously. Um, they've experimented with different bearing setups, different belt setups. That I think they're even trying to switch out to bushings. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they could just make that weapon a little bit more reliable, it would be a top contender for sure.
0: I mean, it's it's yeah. getting there, right? Like, but previously, I've, ne- I've never really kind of looked at my list and thought, you're going to win Battle Bots because, like, there's always been something just in the back of my head thinking, eventually it will break. Yeah.
2: There's always and, something, you know, mm, one yeah. one, week, one glaring weak spot
0: somewhere. But, like, this after this fight, I've watched it and I'm thinking, well, if you're doing this to Minotaur and if you could do it for two minutes, three minutes, mm-hmm. then yeah, you're going to, you're going to, if you could beat Minotaur, you could beat anyone, basically. And,. Yeah. It's just—it's very impressive to see the, the team has mm-hmm. really kicked on this year after uh, a difficult sophomore season last year.
2: Yeah, yep. If uh, their weapon kept spinning, they would have won for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: The
2: fight really turns when Malice gets gets pinned turned against over. the. over. I, I think it's when yeah, it gets turned yeah, turned, uh, turned, turned over. over yeah. And I was gonna say pinned against the the upper deck, and we get some gratuitous advertisement. If you could really scan that QR code at the bottom, it looked a little <laughs> bit roughed up, but you know they almost had their hypershock shock moment. Uh, yeah, it's it, and then even with a even with a, a shattered pulley, you say Sam, it's Minotaur still hits hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's it was still spinning up and still tossing 250 pounds into the air. Maybe not as high as they they normally have, but and they did a good job surviving those first three really big hits where uh, David Lau drives this robot directly into the front corner of Minotaur and just sends it and does it he again is, on the second hit. And then his the driving side has hit. improved oh. massively
3: well. Yes. Over this season, he, he's just yeah. got better and better and better. Yeah. yeah David
1: Lau actually probably has more stick time than I, I think I could safely say this. It's, it's either Jameson Go or David Lau. Those are the two competitors that probably have more stick time than any other builder. Mm. Yeah. By far, it's probably a tie between the two. I mean, da, uh, Jameson spends a lot of time at Norwalk, but David Lau used to go to every single robot competition in the United States. Um, him and <laughs> Buddy are currently. Doing a tour, a robot combat tour, where for six weeks in a row they're going to a robot event. That's so. Awesome. If there's a robot event, Bunny and David will be there.
0: I'm scared Dude, of doing two back to back.
2: That's couple goals right there, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: it really is. Um, I've, we've kind of said already about Malice. You know, has really kicked on this season. It's, it's really picked up from. I said a, a difficult season last year. You know, they kind of struggled to keep up with the pace. I think the caliber of opponent they had last year, like kind of fed into that a little bit, but they've properly stepped up this year and it, it shows a lot. So mm. from from getting battered by emulsifier at the start of the season, you're thinking, yes. oh God, it's going to be another one of those years where they, they kind of fell into victory against emulsifier But since then it's really gone their way and fair play to them. You know, good for yeah. them.
4: Yeah.
0: Our next fight. Well, Luke, I'm going to let you just t- talk about this fight because I mean, <sighs> Copperhead versus Endgame. Yeah. Go, yeah. For it. go
1: for it. <laughs> I mean, this this fight was uh, there was a lot of fun, fun conversation leading up to this fight. Uh, I, the the night before we had this fight, uh, you know, well, first of all, like Copperhead, there wasn't a lot we could do to prepare. Copperhead has essentially two configurations. It's a standard configuration shown in this photo. Or if we fight a horizontal, we'll just weld weld a bar that ties the forks together. But that's pretty much it. That's all we can do. We don't have any secrets. We don't play games. Meanwhile, the end game guys, like they have a whole tent set up in their pits so they can work on their robot in secrecy. And then when they go to the battery tent, like they they cover the front of their forks with like a tarp. So even when they're putting the batteries in the robot, you can't even see what they're doing. But for us, you know, it doesn't change what we do. I mean, when we see them load into the arena, maybe our strategy might change a little bit depending on what fork configuration we see them doing. But for us, like our robot, we have no secrets. So, uh, but the night before this fight happened, we were at the pub and we, you know, we had all the roboteers come to the same place and it really annoys the staff. So they're just like, go into the back room. Like, we don't want to see you. So we like, <laughs> took this, we took this private room where all these robot builders came and we were having dinner and there I was, remember uh, that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, there was, like, there was, I was sitting right next to Ray Billings, Brian Nave, and Emmanuel, and we're talking about the strategy for this fight. And we had, mm-hmm. we essentially had two strategies. Our first strategy was just hide behind the kill saw slots and see if they yeah. come.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> that, that was our first strategy. And we're like, well, I mean, if, you know, even if we need time to spin up, like, if there's a time where we need time to spin up, it's just hide behind the kill saw slots. Because I know for a fact they're not going to drive over those. Mm -hmm. And it takes time for somebody to drive around them and you might open, you run the risk of screwing up driving. Mm -hmm. So we're like, well, the first strategy is like, you know, we don't get stuck in the kill saw slots, so we could drive over them, wait to spin up. And, you know, maybe we can use that to our advantage. The second strategy was purposely hit them while upside down. So what we were thinking is like, what we've learned at this point is like the front of copperhead has pretty much never broken so, I mean, it kind of has a little bit in the past, but for we'll just say, we'll just say it's never broken. Semantics. Uh, yeah, semantics. I mean, Kronos did rip us open once. but There you go. Other than that, uh, the front of Copperhead has pretty much never stopped spinning for mechanical issues. Uh, we've had a speed controller explode before, um, but it, for all intents and purposes, the front of Copperhead is near indestructible. So we're like, well, we don't know. Like, Endgame, actually, like, if you look at their setup, like, you know, they got these aluminum uprights. There's only so much bearings you can put in that thing where Copperhead has literally like super thick weapon shaft, six gigantic bearings. And we're just like, if we go weapon to weapon while upside down, it'll be a double impact force. And we might just destroy the bearings inside their weapon. It's like a crazy strategy. Like in the beginning of the fight, we're like, well, we're not going to purposely run upside down. And I didn't know how to make the weapon spin down. Um, There is a way to do it, but I'm like, I don't want to mess with the vest. I don't want to screw the transmitter. But I'm like, we're probably going to lose a head-on collision. We'll probably get flipped upside down. But if we do get flipped upside down, I'm not going to gyro flip the robot over. We're purposely going to run into them at full speed while upside down to have the biggest possible impact of all time.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was kind of our strategy.
1: Or so we thought, and it was kind of funny because we're having dinner at the pub, and I'm like, you know, I've had a couple drinks, and I sound like a crazy person, like saying, this.
2: because what I'm would sending happen- my robot into the slaughter. It's Yeah. Great. I mean, what, will happen-
1: what people think is like, oh, you're spinning down, they're spinning up. It's just going to send you flying across the arena, and I'm like, yeah, I get that, but they're going to hit us where we're strongest, and as long as we're not getting hit in the butt, I think our robot will be okay. And it was so funny because I like turned to Ray Billings, I'm like, Ray, what do you think? He's like, that's the dumbest idea. I've ever <laughs> and then I then I like look at Brian Navi and he's like, actually, I think that's a pretty good idea. And so, like, so we have like half the people are like saying it's a good idea. Other people are like, mm. that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. But like, what are you going to do? We're fighting Endgame. So it's yeah. like, got to try normal, something
0: different, right? You got
1: to try something like a normal just and it, when you watch the fight, like we lost all of our the first three encounters we were just getting blasted across the arena like we had a viewing party and we're hyped like this was a couple of days ago we had the viewing party and like my family my parents came into town and we have like <laughs> you know we got like 50 people all like glued to the TV and in the first three hits everyone's just like oh Oh, yeah. like this is not looking good. Did you invite this me not... to a funeral, or what did you do? <laughs> yeah, everyone is just like staring at me, and I'm just I'm still smiling, yeah. so they're like, what's, "What's going on here?" But on that what... third hit that Endgame did, yeah, um, you know, we were fully spun up. I drove into them while upside down, and it just annihilated the bearings inside mm-hmm. of Endgame's weapon. Uh, so it kind of went. The strategy was perfectly executed. <laughs> oh yeah. And, like, I don't even think we really took... Oh, Well, we did take some damage. I can talk about the
2: damage. Yeah. But, like, we essentially yeah. took no damage. Uh, and At, at what that point, point during the nine flips you took? Because each time it hits you, you flip, like, four and a half times in the air and still yeah. land perfectly fine somehow.
1: It was incredible. But, like, yeah, as soon as their weapon went down, it was just free pickings. We took off all of their forks. And then in the very last ten seconds of the fight, oh. we knocked them on their face, and that gave me time to like they, do some showboating. There was the broken thing. glass everywhere in the arena. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think at the end of the fight, Chad knew it was just like, "Sorry about all the glass." Like, <laughs> there was so much broken glass in the arena from all the forks flying it, off, the ceiling, the, hitting all the lights, it, yeah. in the ceilings. It, it, we must have broke like ten lights. I've never seen so much <laughs> broken glass in the battle box.
3: I mean, so they they had. They're piano key forks on it. It's like 20 odd bits of fork that you can you can remove and they were all gone. Yeah. And, and then you got the <laughs> mounting for them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then you wrecked up the front and then yeah. they tip over.
1: I was yeah. very surprised that they ran that configuration because there are like pretty well understood ways of beating drum spinners. Mm -hmm. Uh, as far as configurations go. I thought that they were probably going to do two really beefy forks. Like, uh, in the United States, we have a a very popular kit, the D2 kit. And Mm -hmm. the D2 kit has two configurations. It has a wedge configuration for fighting horizontals. And then when you fight verticals, it has what they call the Wolverine forks, which Mm -hmm. are essentially like two super strong forks that have these barbed wires on it. And the idea is you drive it into a vertical spinner, they drive up it, and then they hit the barbs on the fork, and it causes... The, the drum to to tumble forward. Mm-hmm. um, And I thought that they were going to run a configuration like that, you know, something that makes more sense to fight against drum spinners, but the whole piano key configuration, like, I don't think that made any sense at all. Um, mm-hmm. And it just makes them look like they take significantly more damage. Cause like ripping yes. off 20, 20 attachments versus maybe one or two, mm-hmm. it doesn't make it look like you're taking as much damage, but like, yeah, when you just see every little bit of that robot flying off into the ceiling, like, it's not a good look for Endgame.
0: Definitely not. I mean, we, we had a question from, uh, I'm going to pronounce this name horrendously, David Ortiz Grob on Facebook and Commodore Z on Twitter. And they ask, at what point did you believe you'd pull off the win? I'm assuming it's when their weapon just stopped, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, as soon as their weapon stopped, we are like, yes, but at the same time, you know. Don't screw it up. Please don't <laughs> well, screw us we up. We were also <laughs> thinking like we took those mega hits. We don't yeah. know like if what kind of damage we'd sustained. Like the weapon was still looked to be working pretty well. Um, but at the end of the fight, I just turned to chat and I'm like, our drive didn't die. Like yeah. we were just waiting for something on our robot to break. Like, I feel like we're cursed where it's like, no matter what we do, one of our drive sides will always die. <laughs> and it, it did keep working, but we did take, we did sustain some damage, but it, it, so what happened is, uh, in, in that fight, we, we only Copperhead for the four seasons has only had two weapons. We've been using the same two weapons for four seasons. Endgame has enough weapons to run a new weapon for every single fight. Like they have like twenty weapons. We've been using the same two S7 drums for four seasons, and the drum that I I used for this fight was actually our welded our welded drum. So uh, when we first built Copper, had our first drum that came from the machine shop. It was not balanced correctly because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't machined quite to spec. Uh, so we ended up welding a bunch of weld I don't know metal onto the back of the drum to balance it out and it actually started to uh shatter the drum uh so we quickly had to like take out an angle grinder grind out the 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 stress uh cracks as they were forming we threw it in an oven we broke robert cowan's oven doing that uh but uh so the, the drum was kind of defective like but it was the only drum that still had a sharp tooth on it after four seasons all of our drums were pretty chewed up and this was the only drum that had a sharp edge on it I didn't think that much about it, but when we did that, those mega impacts that we did with Endgame actually cracked our drum. So this yeah. was the last fight that we could use that drum on, but the drum never exploded. It had a crack, a huge crack on it. Um, but it still kept spinning. So I don't know if, if we had any more mega hits uh, weapon on weapon, maybe it would have exploded or something. Um, So I guess we got kind of lucky there. But uh, all we did was swap out to our our other drum, which is our only remaining drum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, that was pretty much it, the extent of the damage. The rest of the robot was fine. Um, So uh, yeah, we got lucky there. Uh, (laughs) uh, Nobody expected us to win. I think on the builder's poll, uh, Endgame had like an 80% chance of winning uh, on on the poll or something like that. So we were definitely the underdogs. I don't even think we thought we were gonna win. Uh, Copperheads <laughs> never made it to the round of eight, so at this no. this point, uh, I think we were cursed. We're like, oh yeah, our our a chance of getting to the round of eight, we have to fight Endgame, like one of the best robots <laughs> of all time. So we're like, well,
2: E.G. <laughs> good game.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Jeff, let's I will you. say, uh, go, let go uh, and
2: see. Uh, and then and then and then, Jevin. <laughs> but I will say there there there's a lot of moments in these fights where like we've watched a whole bunch of them, and, and BattleBots likes their their side view of the box where they have bots flying across the screen to use for highlight reels. There's one hit in this fight that I think they could use pretty r- regularly. And it's the fight, it- it's the hit where you get in and you just frisbee and game in the air and it just goes off. You know, I think that'll be, that'll be, that'll be a nice one
3: for, for, uh, yeah, the going definitely be some stuff in the show reel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: we we, we so. haven't posted
1: the the fights yet, but like the photographer, uh, John, uh, he has, he gives us he gives all the builders like his uh the, the fight um images he takes and we're allowed to post like some of the fight images before the fight happens some of the f- images after the fight happens and we haven't posted the post end game yeah, i was fight gonna say it's a little yet. spoilery <laughs> but uh but yeah that that particular hit that you're talking about he took a an amazing shot of that yeah. where Endgame is just flying through the air while copperhead is just like planted on the floor. And uh, I might need to get that one framed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really, it, it was just really cool. It. It coming out.
2: Yeah.
0: Don't blame you at all. Um, I'll, I'll ask them one of the other list of questions I had for this okay, yeah. uh, section, which is from, uh, I, I'm going to pronounce the name poorly again. I'm yeah, very sorry. You
2: terrible names, man.
0: Uh, Simon Pager with a J in the middle. Um, Did you realize that you were the first team ever, to force Endgame to use its self writer.
2: We actually, I mean, we, yeah, yeah, I mean the non-sunglass one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: they they did have a self writer with the sunglasses, and I, I don't yeah. think it worked when they it fought. I believe it was death roll. I yeah. Think. <laughs> yeah, Um So yeah, I mean that that was the first time that they used it. I was really curious to see like how how fast it would take to art uh, to uh, articulate um, the self writer on Endgame is actually really innovative. A lot of the inter- like Endgame looks kind of like like a box. Uh, which it is, but uh, it has a lot of really impressive internals. I'm always very impressed with what the Endgame team comes up with and uh, they have a tiny little motor that actuates their self rider because you want to make things as small as possible but they have, you can see in this picture, they have this gigantic spring Mm -hmm. on it. So before the fight happens, it's like the spring takes like 100 pounds off the robot so before the fight, you know, as it's loading it, it's like loading down 100 pounds so then when it's actuating back the other direction, the motor doesn't have to work as hard. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I'd never seen anybody do that before, and I thought that was super cool. So we were all kind of mm-hmm. curious to see uh, how well that worked, and uh, it worked pretty well. Uh, but it, it obviously do- it doesn't work when they're on their
2: face.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Art reality with um, with Boss over here in the Beetlebeats. They need they <laughs> need like
2: Exterminator 2 kind of post out the front to get that. Yeah, that, out,
0: but that of I course know.
2: those would have to be those would have to be behind the plates you ripped off, and you know it's so whatever.
3: What they need <laughs> is is the uh the, the sunglasses that they had in 2019 because they did articulate that way. <laughs>
1: yes yeah that, that's kind of like jackpot uh jackpot has since like have they have their self writers are now kind of like forks that lift up as well and i mm. think part of the reason why they did that is so they don't get stuck on their face because uh, they have had that happen before in the past
0: correct um the other list of questions i was going to ask before we move on is um from twitter user ace trainer banana which is a great name and they ask well they say that every season rotator that makes the bracket the team that beats them goes on to win the giant nuts after this fight, do you now believe in the rotator charm?
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we sort of touched on it a little bit earlier on, but yeah, I'd like to, I'd like a take here.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I I kind of forgot that that was a thing. Uh, <laughs> somebody somebody in chat like uh, on the BattleBot group did notice did say that. I was like, oh, is that a-? I forgot that that's a thing. Um, but after beating Endgame, like I was I was happy. I mean, we made it yeah. to the round of eight. That's the farthest we've ever made it. We took down Endgame, and we did it in spectacular fashion. So, like, I was good. Like, if we went home at this point, I would have been very satisfied. But as, as far as, you know, the, uh, is it a curse? The curse of the rotator? Way? The, the anti-curse of it, rotator. It's a, it's a curse for rotator, but the anti-curse for everybody good else. Omens. Good <laughs> omens. Um, I was feeling pretty good. I mean, thinking back, I was more worried about endgame than, than I was against Riptide. And uh, the reason for that is just because Endgame, they're very secretive and they have the ability to put any kind of attachments on their robot. Um, So I thought that they were going to have a better attachment for a drum spinner, especially after losing to Minotaur last season, but -hmm. they just went full out on the piano keys, Mm -hmm. uh, which was quite surprising. But when when it comes to other uh, wide spinning weapons like Riptide, Riptide cannot put any forks narrower than the width of their, of their beater. So, we knew that even if they did some kind of fork uh, attachment, it wouldn't be, the forks would be wider than Copperhead's forks. So uh, thinking about Riptide is, I thought we actually had a pretty good uh, chance of winning the head-to-head impacts. Because what I thought would happen, if hypothetically, if we were to fight Riptide, is we would go head-to-head, they would deflect off of our forks, it would they would pop up, and then we would have a chance to uppercut them, was mm-hmm. kind of what I thought might have happened if we were to fight Riptide. Where if we fight endgame, I mean, they can put any amount of wedge attachments on, which had me really worried. And uh, rightfully so. We lost all three of our encounters head to head with yeah. them. So they definitely won the ground game. Uh, and But uh, apparently it didn't matter. We'll just run upside down and then just have a double impact. Can't, can't keep winning time. the
3: ground game.
2: if you. <laughs> if
1: you put yeah, I, right. I, I think after this season, what we learned is like spinning down could be like a pretty good strategy.
2: Honestly.
0: Absolutely. Honestly. um. We'll get to your next fight a little bit later on. Yeah. Uh, we'll go into a little bit more detail with that. but We're going
2: to get through your opponent's fight, which is yeah. spectacular. We'll, we'll, get, we'll, get, to we'll get to it. We'll get
0: to it. In the meantime, though, we'll move on to fight number five, which is Monsoon and Sawblaze. Um, uh, hammer. 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 Yeah, hammer. 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 <laughs> um,
2: I understand Hammer now.
0: Yeah, good. it's good. it's a, it is a shame. It is a, a, a real shame because th- this was a really good fight. And I think Sawblaze, I think Sawblaze did have Monsoon's number. Yes. However, there was there was enough there to make me think. Hmm. Monsoon's not doing too bad here. Like, he got that f- first initial impact where it sent Sawblaze over it was fantastic. Definitely. It's it's a lot closer than you first think.
3: I mean, sawblaze put a post up on Facebook today to say. Um, talk about the damage they had and the arm was dead. Um had the fight continued, had the the wind's been blowing in a different direction that day, the the arm was dead and and, and monsoon could have stood a chance, but unfortunately um hammer
0: <laughs> hammer Oh dear. Um yeah. Great fight and you know dominant once again from Swordblaze. You know, since they've have since sorted those wheels out, I'm telling you, they're they're really know, starting to good. Starting to motor along now. Mm. Yeah,
2: it's it, it it's a really uh it's a touching moment. Was it in this episode where uh one of their team members just yes yes just just falls apart on camera because they've had such a a trial and I, I I've talked about it in past episodes where we've we've had just this this epic of will the wheels fall apart in the box? Will we lose traction? Will they hold up? Uh, will will anything work? <laughs> you know, will the bot drive at all? uh it's it's been a it, it's been a a crazy crazy uh event for them and it looks like they finally got something that works shame they had to figure it out mid-event because that's probably the most stressful time to figure mm-hmm. it out uh but that's what happens when you come up with your own you know alloys of of rubbers and you know and, and you, you you can't just go to a battle box and drive around uh it's very hard to simulate how coarse and abrasive the floor is yeah. for some of these tires. Uh i I mean Luke, you guys run your own huge chonky rubber wheels. Uh you know it's I, I, I know you, you you have more rubber to burn uh in comparison to sawblaze but uh it's i I don't know if there's there's been like similar struggles with you with traction and stuff like that when you guys it, have brought Copperhead. But
1: it's a it's a really tricky balance because mm-hmm. you can when you're making your own wheels, you can kind of adjust how uh, soft they are, uh, which mm-hmm. d- gives you more traction. So the the durometer, uh, so you can go with a lower durometer for more traction, but that comes at the expense of less uh, lifetime. So you kind of see this, especially like with like Quantum. <laughs> yes. yes. If you if you see Quantum in a pushing match, you just see these blue streaks <laughs> on the arena floor, and it's because they're running such a soft wheel compound, which means mm-hmm. they have to replace their wheels every single fight. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a tricky balance between how soft you want the wheels to be for how much traction you want, but it, it comes at the cost of durability. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to, you know, these are combat robots. You want them to be able to take hits, but you need to have pushing power. So it's finding that right balance. And I think that balance is kind of what the sawblaze team had been experimenting with the mm-hmm. season. Um, so I think this is the first year that they, they've done their own custom wheels and mm-hmm. there is a little bit of a learning process with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's tricky because you, it's not only do you have to de- determine how soft or how hard your wheels are, but it also comes into how much pressure your wheels are applying to the floor. If you have a much wider contact patch, you can go with a softer wheel. If you have thinner wheels, you have to go with a harder wheel and it has to do with like the amount of pressure that you're applying to the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's tricky. It's not, it's not as simple as just, you know, slapping some wheels on there and calling it good. You, you got to do some experimenting and see how it works out. And, uh, yeah, it looks like the Sawblaze
3: team figured it out for this fight. Really?
2: Yeah, and this is much better than their fight in in 2019 or it was
3: 2018. 2018. I mean, 2018. The, yeah. yeah, 2018. This was not. Um, they're they're two very different robots to to what fought then. I mean, Sawblaze has floppy forks now, and it's. Had all these years of iteration. It's got a Same. spinner
0: now. It's got a, it's got a, it's yeah, got a hammer sword. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a yeah. disc anymore. Yeah. Monsoon
3: it's... has been iterated as well. You know, it, th- these are two very different robots to, to what fought in 2018. Yeah. Um, and they still put on an amazing fight. The amount of improvement that SawBlaze has
1: had throughout the years is just incredible. Uh, <laughs> I know, like Jamison, really liked uh, S.O.B. from the Comedy Central days, yeah. yeah. And he's like, "I think I can make this a competitive robot." And everyone's like, "No, it, it'll never be competitive." And now there's, now there's the now there's now there's like now there's like six hammer saws. <laughs> S.O.B. So like... made a final in the middleweight yeah. division the so last season. Get out of here. He's obviously shown it's a very competitive design, and it's scary. I mean, SawBlaze yeah. is one of the most feared robots. Now that hammer, the effectiveness of the hammer saw is just unprecedented. It's it's insane how how destructive that can be. I mean,
0: even in the '30s, I mean, Megatron is like constantly top top three, top two, top one. You know, it's it's a beast as well. Yeah. Um As for Monsoon, we'll, we'll do a little bit about Monsoon, then we'll talk about Sawblaze's next fight in a second. But Monsoon, great return to BattleBots, and th- incredible, a thoroughly deserved round of sixteen birthing. I think the them.
3: best bot from Britain to compete in BattleBots this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there can be any argument about it. I don't think you
0: could probably argue quantum.
3: Yeah, well, the writing's on the wall, right?
2: Can they you? The sixteen quantum didn't.
0: Quantum didn't. That's that's that is true. Quantum has more wins though.
2: This is true. Doesn't matter. But... <laughs>
1: yeah, that... last last week's episode with monsoon
3: against cobalt, oh, holy yeah. holy yeah. cow that that yeah. last hit
1: that monsoon did just blasted cobalt across the arena yeah. and the closest i was the
3: thing to an we saw this season i was so, so impressed
1: that weapon is crazy powerful and if monsoon got the right hit on sawblaze it could have been over mm-hmm. yeah. it's so crazy the, the strategies are so different for these two robots where like sawblaze has to drive perfectly every mm-hmm. single fight to execute their strategy correctly mm-hmm. Uh, where like if Monsoon landed one good hit on the back of their robot on a wheel, it could have yeah. been over for Sawblaze. So I'm so, I'm always impressed with how how well Sawblaze can execute their strategy. Um, but at the same time, like Monsoon, the new Monsoon is way more powerful than it used to be. But at the same time, for them to make it more powerful, the robot is half the size. Yeah. So like they made the robot half the size. It's more compact. It's kind of like what Copperhead does. But that also plays against them in this particular fight. Mm-hmm. Most teams try to make their robots as small as possible to make them more energy dense. Sawblaze kind of goes the other direction where they need a big plow, a big dustpan, and that makes catching small robots like Monsoon or Blip that much easier. Yeah. So It's, it's really interesting
0: it's, how like this it's kind of evolved in that way. Like, obviously, as you said, like there's so many small robots now, which is, it's all playing into the robots like Sawblaze and we'll get onto the uh, fight in a bit with Huge. Like, those two have kind of like, they've kind of thought, no, let's not do that. We're going to, we're going to, min-max another way and and that's why they're now starting to see a little bit more success you know they They
2: really snuck up on everybody didn't they Mm -hmm.
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, going
2: big big is is uh
1: is definitely a departure from what people thought was the most competitive design but depending on what you're doing like dust pans control robots sometimes being extra big uh can definitely play to your advantage
0: 100 sawblaze has another little robot well relatively little robot next in minotaur um, I've mm-hmm. they they really am- seen this before. They had that amazing <laughs> fight at the start of last season. And yeah. um, I mean, the way that both of them are performing, it wouldn't surprise me if it was another amazing fight. I really yeah, don't I think you know. so.
1: Everybody online is just like, oh, yeah, Minotaur is going to take it. Minotaur is going to take it. I'm like, did you guys not watch the first fight? Sawblaze of last made it look silly. Yeah. Sawblaze destroyed yeah. Minotaur. Was like, cheese what, are you, what are you think?
2: What are you saying?
0: Yeah, I, well, I can't. I can't wait to see that fight. Like you know, let's face. You know, we can argue that Minotaur maybe were a little bit rusty going into that fight, but man. It's a tantalizing prospect, isn't it? Really, for those mm-hmm. two, they could
2: win. You just got to get JMO flipping. If you just get him upside down and have him, you
1: know, having panic, having
0: panicking a little yeah, bit. absolutely. I, I think
1: when Jameson's in control and he's he's steady headed, like he's mm-hmm. one of the best drivers ever. But I think if you get him off off kilter and get him a little bit uh, worried, that's when mistakes can happen. So absolutely, it, and it only takes one mistake for Sawblaze to lose it. So they, like I said, they have to execute perfectly every time to uh, to implement their strategy.
0: Yeah, we will, we will see how that goes. Next up, we have another rematch in yeah. Whiplash and Hydra. Jake in has been 2020, dreaming... 2020, this is not... He's been no. dreaming of this moment. I know he has because he's... He's Not that he's bitter. He's not bitter, but he, he must have been secretly really hoping he gets to fight Whiplash one day. And... Um, yeah, what's going on with Whiplash? Because, uh, to be fair, I mean they, they were also also running low on bits, weren't they? Because they had they their dis- the chassis destroyed by. There's, there's
3: a shot on the Hydra Facebook page of the underside of Whiplash. <laughs> it's and just the all amount broken. of broken up holes. It looks like a patchwork <laughs> quilt, um. But for robots, it's I I the amount of damage Whiplash has sustained this season, and the it's kind of been a bit unreliable this season to the point where. You know the same sorts of problems have been rearing their ugly heads again in this fight, and it's like, it's 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 just unfortunate that be- they have beaten Hydra in the past; they are more than capable of it, but not this time.
0: No, I think you know, I think maybe just one fight too many for Whiplash. They, they've they've had a, a rough preseason. They, okay, maybe a bit fortunate that Beta beated the way it did, and you know, kind of broke down quite quickly, but. No such mistakes with Hydra. I mean, even with Hydra, like every single floor seam, it was just like yeah. Ding, I was going to say, ding, I think every single I think one. Jake,
2: every time he starts in the blue square, he always hits that seam right before the blue B. Every time, uh, it's it's <laughs> it's just it's just like clockwork. But there,
3: I can see there's... why Jake wants something new. Like we we had him on the podcast previously, and he was saying about wanting wanting a change from playing the ground game because it sucks. And this fight, it's it's, a struggle. it speaks volumes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, I, I see it now.
2: I feel like he's going to come back with something that just can fly around the box. I think he, <laughs> I, I, think it would be nice to have something that you don't feel like you're stubbing your toe on every single, you know, crack in the floor. Mm. Uh, we, we did see a little bit of uh, self-mutilation <laughs> from Whiplash. We're just like, <laughs> I don't need this anymore on my arm. But bon- <laughs> Gone. uh, Because it was already struggling. Uh, I, I thought I thought Matt had a good idea where he, when I think he realized he couldn't get them at the front, just you know maybe run backwards and and do what he did with uh with Bronco all those years ago, where just bring the arm over okay, and, for and hit one it over the top. Point. You know that 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 might work, uh, but at that point, I mean, Whiplash was already struggling, and then, I mean, the the, the weapon arm all of a sudden wasn't lifting anymore, and it just became a four wheel vert, and Whiplash don't doesn't do well upside down, so no. Nope. so that's that's where their trip ends uh much as we love uh our ceremonial fourth guest uh fourth host of the of the cast uh you know just wasn't meant to be this year uh he's he's been a runner-up before but this uh this this season those was, was a a tough one I mean it's it, it's tough not to have your your uh, second in command with jason there it's yeah, for for a, a chunk of the beginning of the season and I feel like that that affected him a little bit maybe it's a lot of work for just him and his dad and you know his I do
3: feel like all of the too, top but... dogs and I think Whiplash is a top dog, but yeah, um, I think they all have a season where it's just it, everything seems to not be going right. Like Tombstone had it in Lockjaw had theirs last year twenty twenty Lockjaw last year. Witch Doctor yeah, in Bronco twenty previously, mm-hmm. yeah. 18, yeah. Witch Doctor in twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. even Hypershock in twenty twenty. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. You know, all these yeah, teams will,
2: will just want to have a nap.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that this season has really been the season where i think whiplash and rotator are the the two teams that have have suffered most um Mm -hmm. with with gremlins just being ever present um and yeah no this this was a tough one but
1: yeah, this is, I believe this is, uh, Whiplash's first season starting to dabble with brushless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they're the spinner on their weapon, uh, is brushless. And I know early on in the season, uh, they were definitely having some spin-up problems with their weapon, uh, which is, which is a shame because they're one of the few teams that can really hit you where you don't want to get hit. Uh, they're yeah. kind of like a pseudo hammer saw, you know, Matty Vasquez, like he likes to do that maneuver where they, they have the arm fully articulated back and they're ready to hit you where you don't want to get hit. And, uh, Hydra doesn't have a lot of armor. Uh, If you are able to hit anything on Hydra other than the front, there's a good chance he'll disable that robot. We saw it
3: against Death Roll, even like burying the spinner into one corner of Hydra, massively limited mobility. Yeah, like it
0: it just does it in. Yeah, it is a shame, as you say. You know, Whiplash has been, you know, one of the top machines for for years now, and I think it still is. I think it's just been as you as you said, you know, they've, they've dabbled with brushless. Most teams, when they first to go into that kind of brushless rabbit hole, it doesn't always work out the first year. But I'm sure next year we'll, it, we'll, come, we'll come back. It
1: and... never works. It never works the first year. <laughs> I'm sure nobody we'll come... gets it right.
0: I'm sure they'll come back next year and they'll they'll probably run the bracket promptly. Um, Hydra moves on to fight Ribot, which is another rematch. <laughs> I suppose at this point, you know, you get you the I was, as we've kind of hinted before, the show's been going for so long. All those top teams, they do tend to converge quite often and. You know, it
2: happens in sports all the time exactly. every year they Why always, the... get, built? Why no always compa- get built no one no one cares
0: yeah <laughs> i'll tell exactly. you
3: what having seen that match last year though there's no way in hell robot runs the horizontal, right? I don't. Yeah, well, they, no they can't. No way. Well, it's, shot, it's broken. So. It's broken already. It is though. broken. But even it. if it was working, you've got to no, think, no right, this time we try the vert and see what happens. Yes.
1: That that was really, really controversial Uh, last yeah. time that they fought because both teams kind of play the attachment game. Yeah. And there's well, production like. Production there, loves that. There was, yo, know, production <laughs> hates that. And uh, there was like some new rule where like you have to lock in your configuration. Uh, like if you tell them like these teams are like uh, teams are being kind of kind of, you know, deceptive, the production team will make you lock in your configuration. So so uh, Hydra did something really funny. They're like, oh, we're just going to run our standard piano key configuration. So the, so the robot team's like, oh, OK, well, then we're going to run our horizontal. But what Hydra didn't really tell them is that they welded all their piano keys together, essentially <laughs> yeah. making it a static solid plow which perfectly <laughs> countered Ribot so I kind of I kind of enjoyed that because you know I hate when people spend so long picking out the configurations yeah yeah and like you know Hydra didn't lie but they were it's a good. little disingenuous with like their intentions but whatever
0: there is a yeah. a term used in sports in the UK called shithousery and it was it was that that is shithousery from Hydra but um we'll see how it goes this time I think um I, I know full well that you know Hydra has been again we've kind of said quietly going about its wins this season but you know Ribbon has started to kick up a bit of a bit of a uh, head of steam now so it's a it's it's the, it's the two bracket
3: busters last year's <laughs> and this year's finally yep.
0: finally get, get... settling last year's fight Absolutely. I can't wait for that one either. That's going to be a Will it
3: go the same way or will be we, will we be talking well, about it? Well, it can't go the same costume. way because movement is movement this year. And so. Yes. Well, yeah.
0: We won't have any of that nonsense this, was to get that this year. Fight, yes. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Fight number seven, our penultimate fight. Yeah. Have Jeez. you heard my new mixtape? <laughs> they did. They just strapped mixtape
2: onto the. It looked like it, didn't they? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they may have done. Um, Mad Catter and Huge. The huge um, Poon? The Huge Poon didn't work. <laughs> i nah. i i can't believe they actually kept it in it's unbelievable and they tried they tried something different um but f- for a four-wheel drive vert huge is a tall problem it is a yeah. it is an issue that they all have i did appreciate the fact that mad did manage to slice straight through huge's wheel mm. but as soon as their weapon died and Huge just kind of kept Knocking bits off the top of Madcatter, there was only going to be one winner. Even though I have it on, well, I have it from Jonathan himself. They also, I think they melted their weapon bearings in in this fight.
1: Yeah. Huge uses a bunch of bushings this season. And they were having all sorts of problems with their bushings seizing up or melting or all sorts of this or that. Um, But for the most part, it's been pretty reliable. But as we saw in this fight, it, it did go down um so uh they got pre- i don't know this is a pretty close fight like huge has just been dominating every fight the season and this was a close one this was a close one medcatter hits really hard
0: absolutely
2: and, like, sure does. huge is really good at sniping belts aren't they it's th- this is this is the bot that just it it can hit you in places that you don't want to be hit and it, it goes over the top it's i've i've, I've a, I, every time I watch Huge fight now, it's it, it's almost like you're going through a toll gate and you have to pay the toll if you go through the, the huge toll gate. You go underneath. <laughs> you? you have to pay the toll. Uh, and it's a you're great way a of hit. putting it. Yeah, you're, you're gonna you're gonna take a hit. Uh, there's nothing you can do. Uh, the, the
0: thing is, as well, that's, that's brilliant about Huge is they could just they they like obviously we've saw in this fight they can just drive over you, but they they can also then flip the kind of arms behind them and then have them spin down into you as well. It's just such I'd a... I'd love to
2: see him try to lift with with, with one of those at one point. That would be really funny. <laughs>
0: Maybe. I don't it's, know
2: if it's even possible. But...
0: It's such a... It, the thing is, I credit to Calvin for just driving at huge and keeping the pressure on because, you know, I, I don't doubt that, you know, aggression and control would probably, you know, some of it must have gone to Mad Cat. It was probably closer than you might think with the judges, but that damage is just, is all telling, isn't it? You know, the weapon is yeah. gone on Mad Catter. Both weapons have gone on Mad Catter and you mm. just still works. And that's yeah. all they need for a judge's decision. And which is quite rightfully what they got. It is a shame that we lose one of these two, because I like, we, I know we said it last week, but all the week before, whenever they fought, uh, when we spoke to Jonathan, you know, when you, you're losing one of these two teams, you know, you're losing Martin Mason, who is, you know, just exactly exactly that. Perfect. Yeah. That's gonna be the thumbnail now. Perfect. Thanks, Luke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah. um, but it's it's like, you know, you lose a great character in Martin if if Mad Cata goes or huge, which has been this, you know, incredible story, and you know, Jonathan is just like the nicest bloke ever. And mm. you'd have to lose one of them, and it's it's not fair. I want I want both of them to go through, but yeah. Yeah. Shame for Kata.
2: Yeah. We're getting to that point where it's you don't want anybody to lose. <laughs> you no, know? you don't. We talk we've talked with so many teams where you're like, oh, yay, oh. Uh, <laughs> you like, I don't, do i be happy or do i be sad
0: huge but at, or, you know or huge do wins, I be but at what cost yeah, yeah. um <laughs> kata season has looked pretty good I mean, they finished three and three yep. yeah um and their only losses are to huge uh lockjaw and riptide so riptide yep no disgrace there you know all three teams at least in the top 16 and you know the fact that they do they do always on such a small budget relative to everyone else that's the thing yeah. It's it's incredible Remarkable. that they kind of Ex- they eke every last dollar out of their budget and they make a robot which, you know, quite, you know, if, if you compare it on budget, uh, they probably have, have the smallest in the field.
1: Yeah. Jackpot might come in a little cheaper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Madcatter Mad is definitely one of the cheaper robots and the fact that they do so well with uh, what they're working with is really impressive. Mm. Uh, the inside of Madcatter is also, it's, I think that robot has nine motors in it. Nine <laughs> motors, nine speed controllers. Like if, so it's, a lot uh, of it it's, see there's some redundancy but a lot of redundancy can also cause you problems too because you know if you lose one or two motors and all the other motors have to pick up the slack and then they overheat and then they explode so you can have these <laughs> cascading failures uh so it can be tricky to to properly re- design redundancy into a combat robot and a lot of teams struggle with that absolutely there's a
2: there's an interesting sports analogy where, it's like, it, it's always cool to see teams that go through, uh I mean, in a lot, of, a lot of sports, there are salary caps where you can only have so many players on your team of a certain, you know, caliber. You can't just buy, you know, the most expensive players and put them all and make an all-star team. You got to stay under a certain, you know, salary so that, you know, there's parity. Uh, but it's always cool to see a team that, you know, doesn't spend so, such a crazy amount of money and, and still are very competitive, you know, and still out wins uh and or dominate you know it's it, it's it's always cool to see so it's neat it's mm. neat to see that in battle bots as well so
0: yeah um huge's next fight is witch doctor yeah. which another, is another yeah yeah another four wheel I, I, driver I,
2: I, I think this, this bodes well <sighs> for them doesn't it or does it on paper hey, you know, well
1: in previous in previous seasons especially like last season I think the difference like the last season huge and this season huge are quite similar mechanically um, and Huge, the production crew has always given Huge the worst matchups possible. Like, I think yep. production knows that Huge is a meta-breaking design. So they would purposely feed them robots that they thought could beat Huge. And this season, where they give you the four fights ahead of time, you know who you're fighting. And then the way that the the brackets have lined up, like Huge is actually doesn't have to fight those crazy robots anymore. Like in the previous seasons, they had to fight like deep six and like <laughs> and like uppercut. And like one of the, the very few robots that can actually reach up and hit them, they've had to fight them. I mean, they're, and I, they're oh, running out. Always, Yeah, and I always felt yeah. that it was pretty unfair to the huge team because if you go to any other competition, the small like the featherweight competitions where we have featherweight huges, it's completely mm-hmm. random. It's a random mm-hmm. bracket. They mix up mm-hmm. the bracket, you fight whoever. And in all likelihood, you're statistically more likely for Huge to fight a robot that you are designed to beat. I and do I, always feel... th- I always thought that that was uh, not fair for Huge, but this <laughs> season, uh, they're fighting robots that they're designed to beat, and they're beating them.
3: I do feel that, in a way, production in choosing those fights have taught Huge how to fight anything, and, and have almost painted a picture in which yeah they've made (laughs) they've made a bracket runner that could just take on anything and win like he's fought every and any weird attachment that he could possibly face and and can probably take them all on now he knows what to expect and knows what to do with them but if you Um, you look on
0: paper now there's now only two robots that can reach huge that are left and they are sawblaze and hydra yeah, yep. because Hydra, Hydra, right, of course, yeah. has the has the silly big vert, doesn't it? So yeah, and it's also an ask for those two to, to to get to the final to reach. You know, you look on on huge's side, Witch Doctor. Okay, it's a little bit. It's, a, it's a, probably a scarier Mad Catter, and Mad Catter did do some work, but mm-hmm. but it's a meta bot. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Copperhead. You know, <laughs> Luke. God knows what you're gonna do if you end up fighting huge, and then you know, Riptide. You know, we saw them fight last year, but there was a lot of you know external factors you know there was the false start and there was yeah other things huge a huge gonna win this <laughs> are, are we... yeah
2: it's <laughs> like, it, really it really when we when we saw the bracket it, we look at their quarter of the bracket and thinking wow they could really come out of that and you know say they end up facing a riptide uh i think it's possible you know that they could you know cause some issues uh we, we we've talked previously about riptide's weapon and we'll get into it when we start talking about this next fight where it's really thin in a couple spots and even mm-hmm. the team have said it, if you hit it right in those spots, it's possible it could break. Um, mm. So it's it's one of those things where it's possible, you know, with how scary this S-Blade has been for Huge. Uh, if they're up the speed and, you know, get a really nice shot, you never know. Uh, but of course, we're thinking about the future that hasn't really been shown yet. Yeah, uh, was, know, I was those... going to say, the, fu- the future yeah. past. Yeah,
0: the, <laughs> it's, it's so strange. It's such a yeah. strange sport. <laughs> well, 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 you've kind of mentioned Riptide. Should we talk about the last yes. fight, which is... Well, I mean, Je- Jevon, yeah. I know you're emotionally hurt. Yeah. Right this I
3: have Vietnam flashbacks watching
0: this like <laughs> that. I mean, I, I suddenly strangely relate very much to Will Bales. Oh, We've nice. had the same experience. So, once upon, this is a, a bit of a tangent, but please go with me. My very first robot event that I went to with, with my Beetleweight, uh, Couch Potato, back in 2020, uh-huh. Um, I was fighting Milo. And let the good times roll in the UK, and I got hit. I got hit very hard, and I got entangled in the lights, <laughs> and I got stuck there. <laughs> you and just that was hung and, there. The first public hanging
3: since the sixties. And that's
0: where I. That's where I was immobilized. I lost like that. I thought the same thing was going to happen. to so I <laughs> nearly <in> shock. did. <laughs>
3: nearly did. One of the ears got caught on the light rig. It was up there. What felt like three decent seconds. It doesn't look as long in the footage that they played back but it felt like forever that it was up there. And it was <laughs> so up there. Um, yeah. And there was, what I remember hit. at the time, all, all this talk of there's no way that a, a spinner can be spinning that that fast and, and hit that hard and, and all that, and they must be breaking tip speed limits. But what you have to remember is that Will at that point was going full bore on Hypershock's disc. upside Riptide down. was going yeah, full bore We just bore talked about Riptide's, this, double impact. And just went for it, and weapon to weapon... <laughs> I don't think Riptide's weapon has come out of that unscathed. Um, I think that that is too big a hit to that weapon for nothing to be wrong with it. Um, I don't know. Well, they don't have I, to anyway. This,
0: this, seeing... this is their last weapon, isn't it? Because they lost one against Nat didn't they? Yes. So...
3: Yeah, I, I look forward mm. to seeing any photos back of this fight. I will say that this is... I mean, other than the the Black Dragon fight, I think this is the least controversial Riptide fight that there has Easily. been. Which is <laughs> <Easily>. a wonderful <laughs> sentiment to say, and, and thank you for that. Um, well, and everybody in the interview stayed classy, and it, it was it was good. It was nice to see robot combat for robot combat's sake, not for anything else.
2: Yeah, At the end of the fight, there, there was a little bit of colorful language. But, I mean, well, they were very excited. They were very yes.
0: excited.
3: I mean come on, you hit the ceiling. You hit the something ceiling. If you're
0: roofing your uh, opponent, I feel like you're you're yeah. entitled to a few beats <laughs> <minutes laughs> on TV. Come on now.
3: <laughs> we we, so. we spoke about oh Good Hydra Lord. might have might have hit the roof with death drop. No, no, Riptide's hit the roof with Hypershock. There's there's no argument here. It is in the light rig, and that is as roofy as you can get without going through it. Yeah. Um, Are we
2: underrating Ethan Kurtz as a driver? Yeah, I think so. Think? I think so. I think I I think I think we we've been talking well. about
3: other things with this team. And and not talking about the the driving, we. I'll also say I was having a chat with um friend of the podcast Ryan Bradley um mm-hmm. and the the 2016 driving award winner has had a lot of driving mistakes with this. Oh version. man,
2: yeah. the, I yeah. mean the first the first <laughs> half second, what was that? What oversteered,
3: that? oversteered, and that was it. Game over at that point. It was oh. all all over in Whoa, that one wow. little oversteer. Yeah.
0: I can see it's kinda it's, it's kind
1: of it's funny because we haven't even seen this like televised yet, but the last Amazon Remars, mm, yeah. Hypershock Where won. is it, BattleBots, please? Where is this? <laughs> Hypershock won. They had the best competition they've ever had. But Will Bells was not the one driving. It was, no, his, was it was his wife Alex. I know. <laughs> it, it's it's really funny because they have very different driving uh strategies here where like Alex Alex when she was driving had faith in their ground game. So they, she kind of has a similar drive strategy that end game has, which is just kind of sit in the arena and point your robot at your opponent and have faith that you're going to win the ground game. And, but will bells on the other hand drives oh, like I'm a madman. He wants to do donuts. <laughs> he wants yep. to get fancy, which is great for TV. I think that makes the the fights way more entertaining. And when he mm-hmm. pulls it off, it makes for some of the best combat robot you've ever seen. Like, you don't want necessarily want robots to just go head-to-head, to head to, which is great, yeah. but when you're actually able to showcase amazing driving, great speed, great finesse, and great destruction, that those are probably the best fights if you can do it correctly. But in yeah. this case, you know, Hypershock, like you said, like, over oversteered, exposed the wheel, and after that, they're done. Yeah, They're done. Like, Me- you just, you can't make mistakes against a weapon as powerful as the one on Riptide.
0: No, I mean Luke. You obviously must have having a little bit of vested interest in this fight. You know, we, were, were who would you have rather fought if you had, if you were given the choice before you know the fight starts? Who would you have rather had?
1: Um, I mean, I, I probably would have rather fought rather fought Hypershock <laughs> to yeah. be to be honest. Um, but at the same time. Like, we've, we've seen, we have a lot of footage to go back on with Hypershock. Like, it's easier to strategize against mm-hmm. Hypershock. We, we kind of know, maybe know a little bit more on what to expect. They, they are a little bit more modular. Hypershock does have the ability to put all sorts of crazy attachments on, yeah. where we haven't seen a lot of attachments from Riptide. But at the same time, nobody at this point in the competition has hit Riptide. So mm-hmm. we don't, like, nobody has hit Riptide at all. Riptide's no. been very aggressive. Their weapon is v- very fast spin up great drive so the, i mean the robot is overall is a, a very high performance machine but we part of high performance in combat robots is your ability to take hits mm. and we have yet to see that nobody has actually hit riptide
3: and they have so- talked at length about being a, like if you hit them in the right places they are soft it is yeah i think it's like thing, an, so. it's all it's an all
1: aluminum robot so yeah. i imagine if you hit them in the right places it's just gonna take chunks out of their robot and we haven't seen that yet so if hypershock got one good hit if hypershock was able to drift around them hit him in the back hit him in the side it could it might have been their fight to win it's just mm-hmm. we don't know at this point if riptide can take hits and uh, durability is is a hugely important aspect of a good well-rounded combat robot
3: yeah. Absolutely. Instead, Will decided to take flying lessons. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it is a Without shame. A it <laughs> is a shame <laughs> for for Hypershock
0: to end in this way. But you know, again, you kind of look at their season. They finished at three and three as well. If it is at, one of those fights but where look at their losses. Okay, they've lost. Who have they lost yeah. to? They've lost to. <laughs> who do they lose to first? Sawblaze. Sawblaze, Endgame and Riptide. Like, come yeah. on! <laughs> you some big, big caliber robots. And
3: this is the thing that I love about Hypershock. I will take a hypershock loss any day of the week so long as it's entertaining.
4: Yeah,
3: like And they are always entertaining. Will's upside down. There's not a lot of hope for what they're going to do. They're boxed into a corner, Riptide's coming towards them. What does he do? Weapon up to full speed. Let's go weapon to weapon. Let's see what happens. And that is what I love about hypershock. It's what I love about the way that Will drives and it's what I love about this team because they are always entertaining, always gracious in defeat and always stay classy
2: exactly this, this won't be the last time we see them we'll see them they're going to have to defend their uh their honor in the golden bolt uh you know because be ah, they, they, the there's gatekeeper.
0: no there's no um, there's no gatekeepers anymore no
2: there isn't
3: there's no. not. no so we might no not gatekeepers we might see them we might, we... Them. We might not <laughs> yeah. we may or may not see them <laughs> who knows <laughs> <See> them. <laughs> anyway.
0: luke your next fight is yeah riptide kind
2: of kind of we're talking about it leading up into it and there's a there's a question we have here from uh, Ezra Casey I think I said that right on Facebook Uh, what can you do to avoid the destructiveness of this robot in the next fight Uh, you you said no one's hit them but how do you avoid being catastrophically hit by them
1: well I mean uh, I mean it's it's a it's an interesting matchup because I mean Riptide at this point has probably shown that they have the most destructive robot that we've seen. Like their, their weapon seems to just blast robots across the arena. Um, but and at the same time though, I think Copperhead has shown that we could, we're potentially the most durable robot if you hit us in the front. Yes. <laughs> so I think, so. so I, I think it's it's interesting where it's like just hitting Copperhead could damage your own robot, you know it's like it's like punching a, a sack full of concrete blocks or something. Like you can hurt yourself just from hitting us because we're so hard. Um, so I think in f- leading up to this fight, like, you know, we hit- we're just coming off our win from end game. So I'm, I'm feeling awesome. Uh, we didn't take a ton of damage. We beat what I thought was like the best robot in the field. Um, but now we're fighting Riptide, but, uh, like, I, I don't think I mentioned this, but like, I didn't even know how well Riptide was doing at this point in the competition. <laughs> I think the first fight I saw Riptide do what, I did watch. The, I think I did watch some of the Black Dragon fight, and I watched the Hypershock fight, but I didn't watch any of the previous fights, so I didn't know any of the controversy. I didn't really see, like, necessarily how devastating their their uh, weapon had been. I mean, obviously we saw them launch Hypershock into the ceiling, but that was a combination of both robots uh, doing that together. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect. I knew that their drum is pretty wide, which means they can't put fork attachments any narrower than the width of their drum. So I wasn't too conf- too worried about any kind of crazy fork attachments, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what I was uh, going into this fight, I I thought that we had a better advantage going weapon on weapon. Like when you try to get fancy with the driving, you're you're opening yourself up to risks and driving mistakes. It's always easiest if you can just win head to head encounters, and I thought we had an advantage in this fight in the head to head encounters. So I was actually feeling pretty good. Uh, as much as you can (laughs) Yeah, of course. there's a lot on the line uh but i was definitely more worried about endgame than i was against riptide at this point
0: Mm. food for thought for next week at least but um fighting talk yeah there you go well luke thank you very much for your time we have got one question to kind of lead you out on it's um it's kind of a three path question but we'll, we'll we'll try and make it as as like kind of trimmed down as we can do so it's from friend of the podcast rob weston and Rob is a serial beta-weight builder over here, we kind of combined it with two other questions from other builders from the UK. And it's it, the question is, if you were to build a robot of your own design to bring to BattleBots, what would it be? Um, someone called Henry Strangle, another friend of ours, said, would it be a 250 pound troll toll? Or Hopin asks, would it be a 250 pound plus scaled up shuffling drum bus like you're kind of working on for the for the 30s at the moment? So. Have The floor is yours.
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, I am as much as I love Copperhead, I, I don't. It's not really a robot that I would design. Um, we're currently working on a redesign, but it's it's completely being redesigned by Zach Goff, who's the original designer. Uh, yeah. He knows how to build it's a good his drum baby. Sp- it's know? his baby. He knows how to build a good drum spinner. I don't really. I'm not. I don't know a lot about that, to be honest. Um, so I'm, I'm more about building weird, quirky things. Uh, I like to build wacky robots that still kind of work as advertised. Uh, a, ri- a while back I was designing a 300 pound gyro walker. That would be a scaled up version of kitten mittens. Yes. Um, <laughs> but we never quite knew if a gyro walker, we could convince, uh, Trey and Greg to give us a weight bonus. Yeah. Um, I always kind of thought that a little bit of a weight bonus, maybe not the no, definitely not a hundred percent weight bonus, but a little weight bonus. I well, did,
2: did Rex get a weight bonus? I don't. Rex know if did, did, did not get a weight bonus, right. and so. I think part of the
1: reason why Rex didn't maybe work as well as it could have been is because they didn't get a weight bonus, so they had to make compromises in the way its mobility. Um, the original designer of Rex, um, well, one of the designers of Rex was Dan. Uh, Dan Chatterton, uh, is that his last name? I, I think so, so. I screwed that up. But he, the predecessor to Rex was a two-pound uh, ant weight called Gyrobot. And that actually had fantastic mobility, and that's what all of my gyro robots have been based off from. And it actually moves pretty well. Um, but all of the robots I built have had some kind of weight weight bonus, so, um, so you can kind of still make it competitive while dealing with the mechanical complexities to make it work in the first place. But mm-hmm. there was a rumor um, that BattleBots is introducing. This is still a rumor. I don't. I don't know yes. what's happening about this. But there were take some it talks about. Take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt that there was talks about having a dedicated Walker class for BattleBots. Mm-hmm. Right. The the thinking was is like building a 500 pound robot is just logistically too complicated. It's too expensive. It's too difficult. Like uh, you know, you can't even you couldn't pick it up with like four people. Um, but. But we want to see more interesting designs. You know, we don't want to just have ground scraping wedgelets, four wheel drive vertical spinners. We want to see more interesting designs. And if you have an entire uh, weight class allocated just for unique mobility robots, you might be able to to achieve some new put some new blood into robot combat. Um, mm-hmm. So there was talk about having a dedicated walker class that still weighs two hundred fifty pounds. And if that ever does come to fruition. Um, I would definitely put my hat in the ring for like uh, some kind of gyro walker or shuffler bot or something, because you can't, you don't get for a lot of the stuff that I know how to build the unique mobility stuff. They don't get weight bonuses and battle bots, so it doesn't make sense to really to to build them because they would get absolutely destroyed by the current meta. Look, yeah. like uh, look at chomp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. looking chomp. thing hits yeah. so
2: hard but can't move. Yeah, so. I
1: mean that chomp weighed... 500 pounds and it still lost most of their fights. But if Chomp Mm. competed and it's a class just designed to fight other walkers, they might have had a better chance. Yeah. um so i would love to build some kind of gyro walker some kind of shuffler bot something a, a troll troll would be hilarious but yes. i don't i don't think greg would like to see that in the mm. arena because it would just <laughs> it would destroy it it would just be cutting holes and everything <laughs> so yeah i i love building the wacky robots as long as they sort of work as advertised um but uh uh, at this point, I'm just kind of riding the gravy train with Copperhead,
0: uh, so <laughs> and, and and you so you should as well. You know, the, I know we mentioned it at the kind of the start of the podcast, but like you know, a lot of the robots that you design and build are certainly you know unique and they it, it, they you know bring a lot of interest in. So, thank you for doing what you do, Luke. It's mm. honestly, it, it's a lot of the stuff you build is just so interesting compared to everything and fun else. Fun to so, watch, yeah. See, it is always exactly.
3: entertaining.
0: So.
1: Yeah. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to like, I, I'm trying to push the sport forward. Um, and I think that building unique designs kind of gets people thinking in different directions. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to do the same thing that other people have done. And I think there's still a lot of robot designs out there that can be wacky and interesting and still be competitive. Uh, I mean, before huge came out, like everyone thought that every design had been done and then huge comes out with this gigantic huge wheel robot. I mean, Gabriel is kind of in the same boat, but now huge has a spinner, so it's a lot better. But no, no. <laughs> it's it's a lot more competitive, I'll say. Not yeah, better. It's yeah. it's more competitive. So, and I think there's still more interesting robot designs out there that can be competitive. It's just people mm. haven't really thought outside the box. Mm. Um, so I'm just trying to try new things, see what works, see what doesn't work. Uh, keep things interesting. Uh, keep robot
2: combat weird, and,
1: uh, and, and that, that's what I the- like.
0: All the credit to you, my dude. Yeah, small um,
2: combat designs aren't always the answer. We talked about it earlier. Bigger designs, you know, it's, it it's not always the answer to go small and compact and energy dense. Sometimes it's 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 okay to stretch outside the and box. That's, and bit. that's why I like
1: about mm-hmm. robot combat is it's it's so open. It's like it's it's kind of that you can do it for different reasons. You know, like you can build art bots, you can build wacky robots. It's just it's so open format that mm-hmm. you can really you can put anything in the arena as long as it meets the safety criteria and the weight. You know, so. Uh, like you know, going back in time, the whole reason why I'm in robot combat is because I saw Mark Satrakian's builds on the Comedy Central run. Like, when I saw Mechadon and Snake as a little kid, that just blew my mind. Like, I couldn't believe that you could build something that amazing and then try to compete with it. And those robots never won, but it just (laughs) kind of got me thinking, like, holy moly, like this is incredible. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, as I'm getting better at CAD and and be- becoming a better roboteer, like I'm trying to push the boundaries of like what you can do, uh, just to, and hopefully like it, it it encourages other
2: people to do the same. Yeah. And uh... and mm-hmm. I hope that what Mark brought this time, if people came by and yeah, watched the stalker. show, like, that Walker, super cool stalker, yes. Uh, that's you know that's good. maybe that that'll get the brain muscle working, you know, for people saying, oh my god, this is this is possible. You it's know, very it's not cool. Just...
3: If you haven't seen it yet, I think uh, Scorpio's Builder Blog. If you look back at some of their like in the pits pre-season videos, they, they talk to Mark about Stalker and what it does and how it does it. And it's, it's so cool. And we, we spoke to him as well um, on our last day in the pits and on our tour and, and had a brief chat with him, but seeing that thing working up close
0: is, is very, very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, That pretty much wraps everything up next week. Yeah. We're not doing a podcast. I know. Oh,
2: no. What?
0: I know. I know. So, for for long story short, I've got a lot of robots to build very quickly. Jevon is on holiday. On way. So...
3: Well, less of a holiday, more of a taking a load of kids to the middle of the country yeah. to look after them for a week. So...
0: Okay, well... That's, you're, that's you're, not you're a on, holiday. It's, it's, a, it's a stressful holiday, but um, we, we, will do, <laughs> we will do a podcast the week afterwards, reviewing the final and yeah. all the fallout from that. But, um, yeah... Luke, thank you very much for your time. Yes. Uh, I appreciate I, it. And, and I, I hope... You are the best. Well, I don't know about that. But I, I, I do hope... No, you. I, I hope <laughs> if you do win, you'll come back and join us next week, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if, I, if we take home the, the giant nut, uh, we can do it all over well, again. it's just
2: off screen, right? It's just right you know, <laughs> don't shop, t- just see, don't tell don't them. Don't <laughs> them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, with all that said, I have been 7 Elliott 64.
2: I've been Steve, the American Killjoy. I have been World of Woodrow. And I'm uh, Luke
1: from Team Copperhead.
0: And the three of us will see you uh, in a couple weeks for the final of BattleBots. I hope you all enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Take care, everyone.